Shabbat Shalom, brothers and sisters. Thank you for joining me today and welcome to Let's Talk Torah. I am Lee Hood of Blood of Lamb Ministries and Heart of the Tribe. And I thank you all for spending your blessed day, the Sabbath day with me as we jump into Yah's word. Now, I know we've got a few people here already, so I'd just like to say Shalom to Rebecca and Stephen. Shalom. Hope your family's good. Hope you have a blessed day. Shalom to Blood of the Lambs. Thank you, Catherine, for helping me on the comments and my family downstairs watching. Shabbat Shalom, Shell. Thank you for joining us. Rin Tin Tin, pleasure as always. And Jennifer Lane, thank you all for joining us. I hope you have a blessed day. I hope that you're able to take something from this. Uh, we're going to touch on a lot of topics today. It's a very filled Torah portion, as many of them are now. We get into Deuteronomy. We're having that reciting of all the laws. So, we are going to touch on a lot of topics. Now, before I bring on my guest, I'm looking forward to working with, as always, I'd just like to say a, a quick word. of Me and my wife don't really watch many other uh, shows or people uh, bring forward words. We just stick to what we watch on Heart of the Tribe because there's so many, there's such a variety of people and they bring such good, positive, heartfelt messages. But I heard from a brother this week that there's talk about Something catastrophic possibly happening this weekend. Now, we should all not focus on these messages of fear. We should be filled with that love and shalom of Yah, have comfort in ourselves and just be fearing Yah and his word. No matter what happens in this world, we have always got Yah with us. We've always got his word. We've always got Yahushua to give us that salvation and to save us. And that's what we should be focusing on. So I just hope that anybody watching has that gets that positive message that we give in Yahweh, especially from all the shows that we have. We like to just bring that positive message forward. Oh, um, Shabbat Shalom. Oh, got a few brothers coming. Thank you, Daniel. Good to see you as always, brother. Asia, thank you for joining us. Laura Lee, Shabbat Shalom. And Jen, Shabbat Shalom. So with that, I'm going to bring on my guest. You'll know him from Saved by Grace, Robert Wagner. Shabbat Shalom, brother. Shabbat Shalom, Lee. Shabbat Shalom to everybody out there. I hope everybody's having a blessed day. No, I know. I, I was talking to Catherine, and I feel like I need to get an, an a, like a sound effect of a sound effect of a round of applause for when I bring someone on. I feel like <laughs> just a little clap there. I would love that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's something that we all need to bring on next week. I keep saying it every week to Catherine. I feel like you know, have a bit of a. Some clapping when I bring a guest on is what we could do with. Here's what I like to picture, Brother Lee, is that everybody that's watching right now, they're all going, yeah, Robert, all right, Robert. <laughs> I'm sure they are. I'm sure they are. I doubt I doubt it very much, but but welcome to my brain. <laughs> so um, for all you, I'm sure you all know now, Robert Wagner, he's the husband of Shell Wagner, and he is brings forward um, – Say by grace every Wednesday, and he's given us his story. Oh, see, Catherine said we are there. The family's all downstairs. You've seen them before, they're all there clapping, all the kids. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so um, Robert 
brings forth a great message. He brings this, um, a heartfelt personal story of his life growing up and it's just um it's so powerful so if you haven't already make sure you check out his first three videos is it you've done now uh three yes uh this wednesday will be number four well it goes quick doesn't it yeah i remember when you first when you're first thinking about it and now look you're, you're coming on to your fourth fourth installment it really does fly by yeah it really does brother it really does so today we are in the Torah portion Oh, thank you, Rinton. Tim, a round of applause. There we go. It's got to be done now. So, Catherine, that's what we're going to work on for next week. We're going to get that applause going. Oh, that's great. And uh, it'll be James maybe next week that'll that'll receive that round of applause first. It'll be a nice surprise for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be great for James when he comes back from his. Yeah, no doubt. So uh, today it is Raha, um, this week's tour portion. And it's Devarim, Deuteronomy 12, 11.26 to 16.17. The Torah was Isaiah or Yeshayahu, 54.11 to 55.5. And James went over that last week. And the better was brought forward by Shell on Wednesday. You hope could in. John, chapter 16.1 to 17.26. So we're now going to go through the, the whole Torah portion the, the, from the, the Torah, from Devarim. So we've got quite a lot to get through today. Um, so there may be some things that I don't go into great detail of. So if there's anything that anybody wants to add in the comments, please feel, feel free to add it. We'll bring it up and we'll discuss it. If there's anything I missed, please feel free. We're all here to fellowship and learn together. So we'll begin by talking about the blessings and the curses that are to be established when they cross over the Ardon. Then pagan places of worship to be destroyed. A place of worship where Yahweh will be established where his name is established warnings against idolatry we have pagan practice forbidden clean and unclean foods regulations concerning tithes we have laws concerning the sabbatical year the firstborn of livestock and then chapter 16 ends with reviewing the Pesach, Shavuot and Sukkot the three pilgrimage festivals of Yah so we'll briefly touch on those but with all the feasts we won't go into great detail until that time because can do a whole show just on the feasts. So the name of this Torah portion comes from the first word in verse 26, and it's translated as see or behold in our Torah portions. Now, we have uh, spelled it here on, on our PowerPoint as R-E-E-H, but when you're looking strong, it says R-A-A-H, and that's because that Aleph can be translated as an E, as in Elohim, or we've also it can be also be translated as an A. So that's what it's for, and we see... This word H7200, it appear, and we see um, to stare, to perceive, to see, to look. So that is the word. So we're going to look a little bit at this word before we start, as always. So the first time that this word is used is in verse is in Genesis 1.4. It says, and Elohim saw the light, that it was good, and Elohim divided the light from darkness. So that, that's the first time we see this word, Reheh. Or um, it is the word that appears throughout the creation account when we read. So whenever we read and Elohim saw that it was good, the last day saw it was very good. That is that word, this word, so it's that see, that saw. Another example of this word being used can be seen with Yitzhak. When Abraham goes to sacrifice him, we see this in Genesis 22, 4. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place far off. 
And in verse 13, it says, And Avram lifted up his eyes and looked and beheld behind him a ram caught in the thicket by the thorn. So we can see it both in those accounts, this same word used. And it's possible that it also has a spiritual as well as physical aspect. And we see that this word has been used by the prophets when they have visions or dreams. Zechariah 1.18, it says, Then lifted up my eyes and saw, and behold, four horns. Amos 9.1, I saw Adonai standing upon the altar. In the year of the king Uzziah, who died, I saw Adonai sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. And that's in Isaiah, sorry, 6.1. So we see that uh, this could also be seen in a physical sense, but also a spiritual sense as well. So now when we break this word down and we look at it, we said it is the Resh, it's the Aleph and the He. And if any of you were watching our Jonah series this week, you'll see that we, <coughs> pardon me, we, we looked at a similar word, which was, <coughs> so sorry, Resh, Aleph, He, and that word was evil. Uh, no, it was Resh, Ayin, He, and that word was the word for evil uh, and angry. Um, so it's quite interesting. We just see that one difference in the middle and it gives us a completely different word. So here we have that resh aleph hey. The resh is the head, the first, the prince, authority, or Yahusha, as he is the prince and he is the first. We have aleph, which is the ox, the leader, strength, or Yahweh. And the hey, behold, reveal breath, or the ruach. So when we truly see, we are having the authority, or Yahusha, of Yahweh being revealed to us. So when we can truly see, not in the physical but in the spiritual sense we truly see then we have Yahusha being revealed to us and Yah being revealed to us so then we'll jump in now to our first verse it says behold I set before you this day a blessing and a curse so the third the word for set is Nathan it's H5414 and we see in the Brown Driver Briggs definition it is to put, to give, to set, to set it to a point or to a sign. So we see that Yah is assigning us these blessings and these curses. He's setting them up for us. And he's going to tell us how we receive the blessings and how we receive the curses. And the first time we see this word is also in the creation account in Genesis 1.17. And Elohim set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And we see he's talking there about the stars, how he set them in the sky. And that's the first time we see this. And we also see it linked to Yah's covenant, this word. 9.13, I do set my bow in the cloud and it shall be a sign of a covenant between me and the earth. We see it talking about the rainbow there after the flood. So this word, we see it linked here to the creation. We see it linked here also to the covenant that was established with his people. So quite important. And he's, he's assigning, he's establishing these blessings and curses with us. So now we look at the next verse. A blessing if you obey the commandments of Yahweh, Hakim, which I command you this day. So he's telling us there how we get the blessings by obeying the commandments. We'll receive these if we shema to Yahweh and his commandments. Remember, shema is that hear and obey word. And blessings is baracha. It's H1293. And we see here blessing uh, present by implication prosperity when we are when we obey we are blessed and we become prosperous so we, that's why we see that link there to prosperity 
So when we look at the word, it is bait, resh, calf, and hay. So the bait is the house in the dwelling of the tent. The resh is the head again, first prince, Yahusha, authority. The calf is to allow. It's that open hand, as you can see in that pictogram there. It's that open hand that allow to bend, to tame, to open the palm. And hey, as you see the man with the, the arms in the sky, that is to behold, to reveal, to breathe, or the ruach. So when I look at this word, when I look at this word for blessing, what I get is entering into the house through Yahusha and through the palm of his hand where we will receive the ruach. And it just gives me a pitch there of, of Yahusha, you know, on the cross, on the tree, dying for our sins, you know, having those nails put into his hands. It just just really just gives me that picture through this blessing. That really is the, the biggest blessing that we could all achieve is or receive. It's it's that blessing of the forgiveness of our sins. So it's just a flash a beautiful picture there. Well said, brother. Well said. Thank you very much. Now, now the next verse, then we see about the curses. And I haven't gone into the pictograph of this, but I've looked more at the definitions. So verse 28, and a curse if you will not obey the commandments of Yahweh but turn aside out of the way which I command you this day to go after other Elohim, which you have not known. Oh, thank you, Asia. It truly is wonderful that that seeing Yahusha in that word for blessing it is, is wonderful. So we see that curse is H7045 and it's Kalela, Kalela, and um, Again, the Brown Driver Briggs definition says curse, vilification, execration. So what I looked at here was a modern definition of curse to see what that said. And it says, is a solemn utterance intended to invoke a supernatural power to inflict harm or punishment on someone or something. So that is uh, a modern definition. But we see how this curse, we see punishment and affliction and harm linked with this curse and that's what will happen if we disobey Yah and we take ourselves away from that covenant we will inflict harm on ourselves we will inflict them um, and we'll get we'll be punished for it we'll be punished for it there's no salvation for us if we if we choose to disobey Yah if we choose to go and 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 not follow his his commands if if we intentionally choose to disregard what Yah has told us to do then we will be punished for it and we will open ourselves up to harm so if we do not follow after yah and obey his commandments then we will receive the curses and we see isaiah 3 11 woe unto the wicked it shall be ill with them for the reward of his hand shall be given him and we see that there isaiah telling us that in a sense you will reap what you sow if you do not obey the commandments if you go and do wicked things then you will get wicked in return and I know we spoke about it last night, me and my wife, how we see sometimes the wicked people prospering. We see the wicked people that seem to be doing well in this word, world. But if they're doing well in this world, then they've got more coming to them in the life to come. When that judgment comes, there'll be more asked to them. And if they've done wicked and received lots, then they will be punished for it. And also, Lee, if you don't mind me saying... I also think I, that's 100% true what you said about the wicked. And there's also something else that I don't know if we think about too often. When we see what we perceive as being wicked and they're doing well, there may be righteous people 
say, working for those wicked people who are being blessed. So sometimes God takes the wicked and he helps the poor through, mm. through that, if that makes any sense what I'm saying. No, it certainly does. It certainly does. We're, that's why we shouldn't question Yah, because we don't understand what his thoughts right. are. And like you say, he can use the wicked to bless people. Right. Um, and not through something they're doing, but he can use it. Like I say, you can use everything for his own good. And that's very well said that, Robert. And so it's why we shouldn't really be questioning, questioning Yah. And we, should, we shouldn't be um, getting angry at Yah as we looked at with Yona last night. If, right. like you say, these wicked prosper. Thank you very much for that. And Shabbat Shalom. Thank you for joining us. Sue Squib. Thank you very much. Got many people here today. Such a blessing. I thank you all for joining us on this, on the best day of the week, the Sabbath. It's, hope you all get so much rest and get get the word absorbed into you because that's what it's all about today. To so shut ourselves off from the world and just absorb the word. So, the next verse, 29. It shall come to pass when Yahweh has brought you in into the land, wherever you go to possess it, that you shall put the blessing on Mount Gerizim and the curses on Mount Eval or Ebal. So we see here that Moshe is given instructions on what actions they are to take when they enter into the land. Yahweh will bring them to the land. Again, it is through Yahweh that they are able to enter in the land and possess it. It's not through their works. We looked at last week how Yahweh was removing the people from the land and giving it to, to his people because of their wickedness, not because of anything, any righteous deed or any anything that his people had done, but because of the wickedness of the people in the nations there. We've seen that. So it's all through Yah we're giving things, not through anything we do. So what we're going to briefly look at now is the importance of these two locations of Mount Ebor and Mount Gerizim. So the significance of Mount Gerizim and Mount Ebor. So as the people, so when you look at these places, it's two mountains and, and there's a valley below. Mount Gerizim, if you, as the people face the east, Mount Gerizim would have been on the right. And I'll show you a scripture in a bit where we see a right side associated with goodness and blessings. And on this side, we had water flowing down the mountain, bringing life to its valley. So on that side of Mount Gerizim, there would have been life. There would have been trees growing. There would have been um, would have been very fertile and lush land. On Mount Ebal, the water flowed in the other direction. So in this valley, so when you're looking, Mount Gerizim would have been uh, quite looking blessed because it would have had things growing there, would have water flowing down it. Whereas on Ebal, it was the other side where it where it flowed down. So on this side there opposite gerizim it would have been barren it wouldn't have it wouldn't have been anything growing there the water flowed away from it so visually it would present a picture symbolizing the life and blessings which are promises for obedience on gerizim with the lush and fertile land and on mount ebal the southern face would have been rocky it would have been barren a strong contrast and a picture of that curse and recently I'm not sure if many, well, hopefully, I'm sure many of you know now that there was a discovery of Mount Ebal, and it was called the Curse Tablet. And they found on it that it actually had cursed wrote on it in, in, in the Hebrew, and also and it had Yod, Hey, Vav, so the beginning of the name of Yah uh, on this tablet. And 
It was if you if you aren't sure about it, if you haven't heard about it when you come off this, um, if you want, you can go onto mine and my wife's channel, Brother Lamb Ministries. Our first video we ever did, so it's right at the bottom, is about this discovery, this this curse tablet. So uh, check that out because um, it's very interesting. It's just again evidence just to support what we know, but what the world try tells us is a lie that this event happened. So I hope you can uh, picture what I'm trying to say here with the uh, the mountains, how one side which had the blessings on would have looked uh, like fruitful, full of life, and the side with the curses on would have looked barren, rocky. Uh, Shabbat Shalom, Heather, sorry. Sorry for uh, not saying Shabbat Shalom then. Thank you for joining us. So that's one reason why these were chosen. And when I spoke then about the right hand, if we look here in Matthew 25, 32, it said, and before him shall be gathered all nations and he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divides the sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on his left. Then shall the king say unto them on the right hand, come ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Verse 41, then shall ye say unto the ones on the left hand, depart from me ye cursed into everlasting fire prepared for the devils and his angels. So I just thought that was quite uh, interesting. Interesting text there to support the idea. I'm not sure if that was me there. I don't know what that was. No, <laughs> so, I don't know what that was. <laughs> you know, um, I don't know what that is. No. Neither do I. Sorry, everybody. So, again, the significance of Mount Gerizim and Mount Ebal. So, so in between these mountains, this valley is located the city of Shechem. And due to these blessings being proclaimed from the mountains, the Samaritans from there believed that this was the place chosen for Yahweh's name and built a temple here in 5 BC, which was... Oh, thank you, Shell. It was. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, great. That's so funny. That's awesome. Um, no, thank you very much for getting us that. Um, so we see that, uh, and this place was destroyed in 2 BC. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about this, this place where Yahuwah sets his name later on in these verses. So in the New Testament, there's reference to this worship when Yahushua is talking to the Samaritan woman at Yaakov's well. It says in 4.20 in John, Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that, that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. And what it was is these people at, at, at this location, they had their temple, and as I said, they, they believed that this was where Yahweh wanted them to worship. So there's many events that happen in Shechem, which I'm going to briefly touch upon, but there is so much. Um, I do have a video on Shechem. I, I came across this by accident while I was doing a study on something else a year ago, and I just think it's absolutely amazing, all the events that happen there. So the first one we have is Abraham first stopped following his calling from Yah. Yahweh appears to him and blesses him, and Abraham builds an altar. That's in Genesis 12, 6 and 8. Then we have Yaakov pitched his tent there and dwelt there in safety after leaving Laban and his, and his interaction with Esau. He buys the land and he erects an altar, as did Abraham. We see that in Genesis 33. Before they go, Yaakov instructs all his household to put away their strange Elohim, clean themselves and bury 
Um, they're idols under the terebinth trees in Shechem, and that's in Genesis 35. That's after uh, Dina has been uh, defiled in Shechem. They leave Shechem, but before they go, they, they put, to put away all their idols under a tree. Jacob's flock were located in Shechem, and it's where Yosef searched for his brothers. So it's believed they are, they kept all the their the flock from Shechem, but they kept them there. So that's when Yosef um, uh, goes and looks for his brothers when they're supposed to be tending the flock. He goes to Shechem. Yosef's uh, bones were taken out of Mitzrayim and buried in Shechem. We see that in Joshua. Shalom, Victoria. Thank you for joining us. Love the name there, the name of Yahweh and Yahusha. The covenant was was renewed by Joseph or Yahusha at Shechem, as instructed by Moshe. We see that in Joshua 24. Uh, Yahusha followed the footsteps of Abraham and Yaakov in putting away idols and setting up an altar. So that's Joshua. Uh, Shechem was also the place where the first king of Yasharel was crowned, Abimelech. We read this in Judges chapter 9. He was the son of Gideon, and he paid to have his brothers killed. He had 70 brothers, and he paid to have them all killed so he could be king. Um, the king of Yasharel were anointed here in Shechem. We see this in 2 Kings 12. That's where they were to be anointed first. And then when the when the the is when Yasharel divided between the southern and northern kingdom, uh, Shechem was was where Rehoboam ruled from. We see that in 2 Kings 12, 25. And then finally, uh, Yahushua would would speak to the woman at the well, at Yako's well here, and first offers salvation at Shechem. Yehokanan chapter 4, one of my favorite chapters, where he first offers that salvation. Um, so, yeah, so it's, it's many events happen here in this place where Moshe, well, you're telling Moshe to tell the people that you're to go there, and here's where you're going to proclaim the curses and the blessings. And it's, it's quite interesting, all the events that happen. So verse 30. So there, so I just had to go over that. Are they not on the other side of the Yardon, by the way, where the sun goes down in the land of Kenaim, which dwelt in the plain over against Gilgah, beside the plains of Morah? So again, this is referring to that location where Abraham pitched. We see it in Genesis 12, 6 and 7. And Abraham passed through the land unto the place of Shechem, unto the plain of Morah, and to the Kenaim was there in that was then in the land, and Yahweh appeared unto El Avram and said, Unto your seed will I give this land, and there built he an altar unto Yahweh who appeared unto him. So what's quite interesting though, and I found interesting about this, is this use of the word plain. Now, I don't know if it's just me, but when I read and I think of a plain, I think of a flat piece of land. That's something that I think of. Flat, open, stretch of land. However, that's not what this word is referring to. So when we look at this word, in uh, so this is the word that's used for that plane. It's H43, H436, and it's Elon. And it actually says an oak or other strong tree plane. So when we look at other, when other translations, it actually says the, the, the terebinth tree or the oak tree. It's, it's talking about a tree there an area of trees. It's not talking about an empty space. So I don't know if it's just me that we've got the wrong picture there. Or, but um, so, yeah, so when we actually look at that word for planes, it's actually referring to trees and quite big, strong trees as well. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you for joining us. 
such a blessing to have you here. So when we look at this, the, the spelling for this this word, it's Aleph, Lamed, Vav, and Noon. And um, I'm sure we, we're all familiar of someone called Elon in the world. Well, when me and Catherine found this word, this word, it changed our opinion on that name. Um, in a sense, I'm sure Catherine even said, "If we had another child, which we won't, <laughs> we've got another. <laughs> if we had another child. If y'all blessed us with another child, and it was a boy, then we'd probably call him Elon after this." Um, so we look, and it's ox. So we got the ox, we got the the shepherd, we got the nail, and we got the seed. So through Yahweh's teachings, we are secured as heirs of the seed. So I think that's a, a, a wonderful picture again then in this word. But yeah, we, we do, we're not going to say no because we do, obviously we don't know what Yah has intended for us. Are you being yelled at? <laughs> oh, probably, yeah. <laughs> Catherine's down there with the six kids. What <laughs> opinion. As long as I'm carrying them and giving birth to them. Well, you know, men can have children these days, I'm told. That's what the <laughs> I know, yeah. Let's just <laughs> let's, go there, brother. Let's just stop that, yeah. yeah <laughs> oh boy. So verse 31 and 32. <laughs> so for you shall pass over the yard and to go in to possess the land which Yahweh gives you, and you shall possess it and dwell therein, and you shall God to do all the commandments and judgments which I set before you this day. So Yahweh will bring them into this land. Again, it's through Yahweh that they're able to enter into the land and possess it. Again, they are to shamar all of Yahweh's commands. Remember, we spoke about this word shamar. You know, it's not the shema, shamar with that R on the end, with that resh on the end. It's about putting that hedge of protection around his word, protecting his word. You know, not letting anybody do away with the word or say or add to it, protecting the wholeness of the word and Yah, and he will protect us. And say to today, we have people that either want to add to it or take away from the law, but we are to protect it, we are to guard it. More than just observe has been translated in our Bibles. We need to really make sure we guard it because we have many people, many different sects or religions trying to say that things are done away with, trying to say that the law is not for us. And Robert mentioned before this some, some verses which if you take, if you can interpret and twist to your own benefits to do away with certain things. And, and, and some of those verses will actually come across in this. So we really do need to make sure we guard his word. So these are the commandments and judgments, which you shall, uh, chapter 12 now, which you shall guard to do in the land, which Yahweh of your fathers gives you to possess it. All the days that you live upon the earth, you shall utterly destroy all the places where in the nations which you shall possess, serve their Elohim upon the high mountains and upon the hills and under every green tree. And you shall overthrow their altars and break their pillars and burn their Asherah poles with fire and shall hewn down graven images of their Elohim and destroy names of them out of that place. So we are to destroy all idolatrous places of worship. Yah knows that these will corrupt people. He'll turn them away from him. And you know, if they're left, they'll turn us away and they'll lead to those curses. So we need to make sure that when we when they entered into the land that every idolatrous place every pagan place of worship was destroyed we see this with the kings that did destroy these were seen as doing good in the eyes of yah you know what i think about lee when i when we read a passage like that and i don't mean to cause any trouble that's for sure 
Well, I wonder when is that gonna when is that gonna happen again? Yeah, because we live in a whole world that worships so many different Elohim and so many wicked Elohim that. But in today's world, it seems like we're supposed to, by the by man's law, we're supposed to accept all of that and let everybody do whatever it is that they want to do. By man's law, that's what we're being told. But by Yah's law, that's not what what really is supposed to exist. And when when is he going to break down man's law and start destroying all these strange Elohim again? No, very true. It's it's like every everywhere across every country, there is like you say, there's these places of worship, these to their strange Elohim's, these idolatrous places, and they just lead to corruption. They say, but man has has put in these laws to allow it. And someone said, so um, I, I watched someone speak a while ago, and to do with um, with America and how the Constitution it has. Um, freedom to religion is it in there however you know you assume that that is for Yah but through that you have all these other the all these other false idols all these all yep. these other religions spring up and they're allowed to like you say by man's law they're allowed to do what they want yep. yeah I see Rent and Tint saying <clears throat> she's saying soon and, and, and I believe that 100% yeah. But it, it, that's a, I mean, that's it's just something to think about. Yeah, I, I believe we are in that last generation where this, that will happen. However, as I've said before, a generation, it could be a week, it could be 80 years, even 100 years. We, we, we don't want it to be that long. We, we hope it is in our lifetime. We hope it's soon, but, um, but we do not know, but that will happen. Um, Catherine put on a point. These are all put on load. Shabbat Shalom, DJ, uh, Waxy DJ. Thank you very much for joining us. Now there's a load of, um, yeah, Catherine and Shell have both talked about it. What's, what's Heather say there? Sorry. So Catherine and Shell both talked about Birmingham. And me and Catherine only came across this last week, came across this last week. But they're having the, what's called the Commonwealth Games here. It's like athletics for um, Ireland, Scotland, England, and Wales, you know, just those four countries. But their opening ceremony was so idolatrous. It was so pagan. It was so satanic. It is unbelievable. Me and Catherine watched some of it last night and we had our mouths open. They had a giant mechanical ball, a giant ball come in into the arena. And they had a woman stand in front of it with, um, with a, of a crystal, which was supposed to be a fallen star, which she prayed to, holding it in front of her. And later on, she was on top riding it. She was riding the beast, and you could see the lights were, were scarlet and purple, so they were making it look like a woman riding the beast. You know, talking oh about God. revelation. Is that, that, uh, that a scripture or, or not? <laughs> Straight out of scripture. And they had what was called a tower. They had a tower there, like a, a tiered tower. Oh, wow. And, and they had a, a band playing, and... Um, the, the commentator, the woman actually called the tower, the Tower of Babel. Oh, my God. Yeah, she oh. actually, she, she goes, the Tower of Babel or the Tower of Birmingham, whatever you prefer. But she called it, straight out called it the Tower of Babel. Wow. And um, the song was about unite together, you know, all uniting. It was outrageous bar worship. It was all about uniting 
you know, like the Tower of Babel all coming together and uniting. It was truly shocking. And that happened uh, in Birmingham uh, a few nights ago. And I know that we have a dear friend, Shell with one L, who lives in Birmingham. And um, yeah, it's, wow. uh, it, it is disgusting. It was absolutely disgusting. Light bearers riding the beast with worshippers at the feet of it. Yeah, and there are all people on the underneath worshipping and, and praying to this. It was shocking. It was absolutely shocking. I can't believe me and Catherine only came across it last night. Um, wow. Yeah, and it's just always, yeah, like Katy Perry at the Music Awards years ago. It's deplorable. It really is. It's just putting our faces so much. And, the, and what is... The most heartbreaking thing is that they target children with all this. They target the children with all these music videos, with all these award shows and these these ceremonies for athletics. And you had kids in the crowd, and they've and they've got this just this bar worship, just this idolatry, and just it's it is um, it's it's disgusting. It's disgusting. But the enemy knows what they're doing. They're they're choosing these things to portray. You know you. Can't, you can't believe that someone just, I don't know, I'll have a bull and I'll, I'll have a giant bull come in and then I'll have a woman ride on top of it and they know what they're doing. The enemy knows. And then I'll have a tower there. It's yeah. um, it's, it's truly, truly shocking. It really is. So, amen, Laura Lee. Our king is coming soon. Amen. Hallelujah for that. Hallelujah. So, um, so... As we we just mentioned on the last slide, there uh, all these idolatrous places of worship were to be destroyed, but Yasharel did not listen. And this is in Judges, but there's so many other accounts. Um, you know, we see we hear the good kings like Hezekiah that destroyed all the places, but there for every one good king, there were many more evil ones that worshipped these other um, these other Elohims. We've seen Judges here, 2.10. So Judges, just after the book of Joshua, they've not been in the land long. And we read, And also all the generation that were gathered unto their fathers, and there arose another generation after them, which knew not Yahweh, nor yet their works, which he had done for Yasharel. And the children of Yasharel did evil in the sight of Yahweh, and served Baalim, and they forsook Yahweh, Elohim of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Mitzrayim, and followed after Elohim, and the Elohim of the people were round about them. And bowed themselves unto them, and provoked them, and provoked Yahweh to anger, and they forsook Yahweh and served Baal and Ashtoreth. So we see straight away how they, after a few generations, they turned away, and that's why it's important that these things be removed, so they aren't in the land to corrupt the generation that are going in, or the later generations, the children that are going to grow up with these things around them. So it's so important. It is a mocking spirit. Thank you, Shell. Sorry, I missed that. Um, so important. So we see here the importance of teaching our children and keeping the generations to know Yahweh. And it's something that we keep touching on every week, how important it is that the children are brought up in the ways of Yah. So Asherah was a Canaanite goddess who was the mother of Baal, which I found in my research, and was actually married to their, their god, and his name was El. So we can see how it can get confusing now with Yahweh being our Elohim. Uh, which is why confusion sets in and why you have some people and some people will will say that Yahweh, the, the Elohim of, of Yasharel, had a wife, which we know isn't true, but they'll talk about this because the, and, and they'll merge them together. They'll merge this El, this false idol with our Elohim. And we see that it's just corruption and lies everywhere. 
So the, the people would ascend to high places and they'd carve images in trees and they'd worship them. So they'd worship stones, they'd worship trees, they'd worship all sorts of things. And it, it was just um, so idolatrous. And we see it today. We can see it today. We'll touch on some of these things, but we, we can definitely see tree worship today in one of these pagan days that we're told to embrace. So verse four, you shall not do so unto Yahweh Hakim. So we are not to serve Yahweh in the same manner that these other nations serve their deities. Yahweh sees these as an abomination. We see in Leviticus 20, 23, and you shall not walk in the manner of these nations, which I cast out before you, for they committed all these things, and therefore I abhorred them. So we see the reason why they were they were out kicked out of the land, why Yah, Yah cast them out of the land was because of all these abominations which they did. So Yah does not want us to be does not want us to be worshipping him in the, the same manner. And we see this today with the pagan holidays, which were mixed with Yahuwah's feast days. Yah does not want this mixing. And I've got this verse here from Leviticus 19, 19. It says, you shall guard my statutes. You shall not let your cattle gender with a diverse kind. You shall not sow your field with mingled seed. Neither shall a garment mingled of linen and woolen come upon you. And I know that these verses have a practical um interpretation of it practical there's reasons practical reasons why you shouldn't do these things but when i read these as well i get this i get this idea and this thought of like in a spiritual sense yah doesn't like things being mingled he doesn't want us mingling our ways his ways with the other people's names and and when i read these scriptures that's what i get we shouldn't be mixing our forms of worship with the forms of worship of this world we shouldn't be mixing ourselves with these other people we should try and be be being pure in Yah's ways. And it's so important that we do not adopt these practices which have been put on us. You know, we all grew up with these with these pagan practices which were instilled in 3 AD by Constantine. I think I believe it's Constantine, you know, these certain days which were mixed with just the Roman Roman days, Roman pagan days. So we really need to be careful uh, into what we're doing. And it is it's so horrendous, just just the um, the deception that's been put on us through all this um, all this corruption and perversion. Verse five. But unto the place which Yahweh Hakim shall choose out of all your tribes to put His name, even there and even unto His habitation shall you seek, and thither shall you come. So we are told the place will be Jerusalem. We certainly are, yeah. And it makes you think of that technology. Thank you, Shell, that CRISPR technology, GMOs as well. You know, they want to really just corrupt everything. They really want to corrupt everything. They don't want anything to be natural anymore, the way that Yah made it. They want to corrupt it all with what they did. And it makes you think about Genesis 6 with the flood, how everything was corrupted. Um, every every means was corrupted, and, and I believe that is where we're going we are the world we're living in now. So we are told that that place would be in Jerusalem. So I've got the verse 2 Kings 21.4. I believe a brother actually in the Telegram group today put on a verse from, I think it was Chronicles chapter 6, 2 Chronicles 6, but I have to have a look. Yeah, the iron clay, that, that, that final part of the statue. Exactly, exactly. We did not know we need to pray. Absolutely, Heather. We, Yah knows that we did not know. We 
Yarn knows what happened. Um, but we're now making that choice to come away from them. And that's what it is. It's when when the truth revealed to you, the difference is if you made that choice to follow Yar, or if you made that choice to keep these ways. And that's where we see the blessing and the curse coming. Um, but like I said, we were we were all lied to, but we have come out of there and we've we've come to the truth now. And we want to we want to please and do what Yah says. So we are told that the na- place where Yah put his name will be Yerushalayim. We see this in Second Kings twenty one four. And he built altars in the house of Yahweh, on which Yahweh said, "In Yerushalayim will I put my name." And this verse is actually relating to how they corrupted it and how they started putting in Asherah poles and all sorts of stuff in um, in the temple and how they would corrupt it. So what's interesting about this is the use of the word for place. It's H4725 and it's Machum. We see uh, a spot, uh, a place, country home. And what is interesting is just the use of this word in the past. So we see this word used with Abraham sacrifices Yitzhak. Um, we see it in Genesis 22.3. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and he took two of his young men with him and Yitzhak, his son, and clave the wood of an ascending smoke offering and rose up and went into the place in which Elohim had said. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place far off. And this would also be used when we talk about Yaakov uh, with his dream of the ladder, Genesis 29 11. And he lightened upon a certain place and tied there all night because the sun was set. And he took the stones of the place and put them for his pillows and lay down in that place to sleep. So um, it's believed that when a location is not given to us, that the re- it's implied that the reader knows what this location would be. So when I was researching these, when I was going through Bereshit, um, so, uh, it's it suggested that these plays could have been the place where that temple would later be. And they talk about this use of the word. And in 28, in Genesis 28, we actually see this word used three times, this place used in the same word, same word used in the same verse three times where it talks about place. So therefore it could be pointing to those free pilgrimage feasts of Yarda, which we'll look at later, the place where we're to go three times a year. So it's just quite interesting that. And thither shall you bring your ascending smoke offerings and your sacrifice and your tithes and your heave offerings out of your hand and your vows and your freewill offerings and your firstlings of your herd and of your flocks. And, this would be the place where Yahusha, our ultimate sacrifice, would be offered here, where Yahuwah's name was put. We know that Yahusha would be would be on that tree, on that tree in Jerusalem. That's where his his uh, crucifixion would take place. Verse seven, and therefore you shall eat before Yahuwah and you shall rejoice in all you put your hand in unto ye and your household, wherein Yahuwah has blessed you. So Yah wants his people to eat before him and rejoice. I just think that's wonderful, that verse. Just be able to just eat in his presence and rejoice and be happy. Just Philippians 4, 4. Rejoice in Yahweh always. And again, I say rejoice. And that's just what Yah wants us to do. We're going to see in a lot of these scriptures how Yah wants us to be happy. He wants us to um, do things that obviously please him, but also he wants us to be happy ourselves. So you shall not you shall not do after 
all the things which you do this day. Every man whatsoever is right in his own eyes. For you are not as yet come to the rest and the inheritance which Yahweh Haker gives you. So the people at this time were still in the wilderness and they had not been given the land in which Yahweh had promised them for inheritance. Therefore, they would not go and give their offerings of the land to Yah. So they were not to do these offerings yet. And this word for rest could be prophetic as well as that rest that we will receive when Yahushua returns. In Isaiah eleven ten onwards, we read, And in that day there shall be a root of Yeshai, which shall stand for an ensign of the people. To it shall the other nations seek, and his rest shall be glorious. And it shall come to pass in that day that Adonai shall set his hand again the second time to recover the remnant of his people, which shall be left from Asher and from Mitzrayim, and from Pathach, and from Cush, and from Elam, and from Shinar, and from Hamath, and from the islands of the seas. And, and that is the time that we're looking forward to. Where we're all going to be gathered again and, and get this rest. So it's possible that this is it could be pointing as well to this prophetic rest we'll get when we receive that inheritance in the kingdom. But when you go over the Yardon and dwell in the land which Yahweh Hakim gives you to inherit, and he gives you rest from all the enemies round about, and that you dwell in safety. Then there shall be a place where Yahweh shall choose to cause his name to dwell there. Whither shall you bring all that I command you, your ascending smoke offerings and your sacrifices, your tithes and your heave offerings of your hand, and your choice vows which you vow unto Yahweh. And you shall rejoice before Yahweh you and your sons and your daughters and your manservants and your maidservants and the Levi that is within your gates for as much as he has no part nor inheritance with you. So we are not to do th these offerings until they are in the land and it was promised where Yah puts his name they dwell and when they're all in safety that's when they are to do it. And we just see again how he wants them to rejoice and he's, we see here as well how they're to, they're to do it, they're to care for their servants, they're to have their servants rejoicing with them and also the Levi. Remember the Levi would not have an inheritance so they were to care for the Levi and offer for the Levi as well. Verse 13 and 14, guard yourself that you offer not your ascending smoke offerings in the place that you see, but in the place which Yahweh shall choose in one of your tribes. There you shall offer your ascending smoke offerings and there you shall do all that I command you. So we have to guard or shamar that we do not go after our flesh and make offerings where we choose. So this is where we need to really, we need to make sure that we don't do what we believe is right, but do what Yah has commanded. As well as protecting against the other nations, we must protect against ourselves and doing what we believe is right. So we've told about we've been told about the nations in the land and not to do as they did, but also we need to ensure that we don't go and do what we think's best. We need to make sure that we are doing as Yah has told us to do. And it's important that we keep Yah's word and lean not on our own understandings. Um, you know, Proverbs three five and six we, sh we shouldn't lean on our own understandings but we should trust Yah. we really need to be careful of that and uh, we've seen it when the tribe split they they ch in the northern tribe they changed the place where they would they should go and sacrifice and they also changed the feast days and we see it today as well just the changing of the feasts and and what we should be doing the changing of the sabbath we see it all So notwithstanding, you may kill and eat flesh in all your gates, whatsoever your soul lusts after, according to the blessing of Yahweh, which he has given you, the unclean and the clean may eat thereof, 
as of the Roebuck and us the deer. And this is something that me and Robert were talking about before. Now, this can be very confusing, this first, can't it, Robert? You can have people yep, really yep. manipulate this yep, into what yep. they see. Yep. Every time I read it, I always have to remind myself what they're talking about. Yeah, because you will have people that say, look, it says unclean can eat. You can eat unclean. You can eat unclean. You can eat what you want. It's no... Um, they're doing that there is no when they go into the land unclean and clean are done away with but here it's referring to the people um not food it's talking about the unclean person and the clean person can both eat alike um because even in this torah portion we will be going through the clean and the unclean foods it's not talking about clean them being clued it's, it's talking about the person who is unclean or clean yeah there are no provisions given for the food that we are and are not allowed to eat we have to remember that. Yeah. Because there's a couple times in the Bible that people use today to say, hey, I can't eat pork. It's okay. It says it right here. No, there's no provisions. Yeah. It's unclean. That's it. Period. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what I was thinking about before as well, actually, is, is Yahushua said he would not, you know, not one jot or one tittle would do away with the law. So if that's what Yahushua is saying, then why is the day changed? Why is the Sabbath changed? Why are why is the law done away with? Why are there no more unclean and clean foods? If he wasn't doing away with anything, then how come all this has changed in in what they say is Christianity today? You know, following Messiah, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. Yeah, what what do they say a lot? Nailed to the cross, and so was the law. Isn't that what they say? <laughs> yeah, a lot of the churches teach that, right? Yeah. Well, fortunately for me, I never grew up in that environment. Well, it's fortunate and it's unfortunate because obviously I haven't known Messiah all my life. But at the same time, I have not had those doctrines preached to me, which no, is helping me now in this walk. Yeah, it, me too. Me too. But that's that. I hear that a lot, or I, you know, people saying that a lot. And um, you know, I think about that. I probably go down a rabbit trail just real quick, but. Okay. But when we think about stuff like this, about the commandments, so when I when I think of uh, uh, "thou shall not steal," "thou shall not murder," right, all the commandments, I think of Yah's commandments. But a lot of people in today's world think of it as man's law, not as God's commandments. Does that make sense? Yeah. And and that's a big separation there because i'm thinking of it as what y'all is saying i can and can't do and most people are thinking of it as well that's just what the government says i can and can't do i don't look at it that way you know i know we have to also obey the government y'all says we have to obey the government even if we don't want to like pay our taxes and whatnot but but i always think of it as the side of this is what y'all is telling me what I can and can't do, not what man is telling me I can and can't do, if that makes any sense. No, it doesn't. I think pretty much every country, the, the basis of their laws are the commandments because Yah knows what's right. And, and you see it, like you say, you see it in a lot of them, you know, do not steal, do not kill. These are all, um, It's the foundation of it is, is Yah's word. Right. But a lot of people don't see that, do they? No, because if I go to somebody who doesn't believe in Yah, who doesn't pray, who believes that their success is all theirs, and if I say, 
well, you know, why can't I steal? They say, well, because the government says it's against the law, right? And I say, well, because Yah says it's against the law. And that's, those, are, you know, like you said, those are the difference. Just be a good citizen, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I've never been too good at that. <laughs> No, but like I say we, we try we we want to keep Yah's commands and we want right. to do what Yah tells us to do. And like you said, Yah tells us that we should should obey those in power as long as it's not making us go against His word. That's right. And it just shows how you know the humbleness of Yah as well. Yeah, in, in that sense, and that's how we need to be. We need to be able to humble ourselves to these people in power, but as well make sure that they are not making us go against Yah's word because that is what truly matters. Right. Uh, so verse 16, only you shall not eat the blood, you shall pour it upon the earth as water. So the life of the soul is in the blood. We read that in Leviticus. And Satanists drink blood in rituals. Um, disgusting stuff. And I don't suggest any of you look into any of this. No. It's to be poured on the ground as it is for Yah, not man, prophetic of that blood of the lamb as well that was slain and poured for us, so we can see a propheticness in this. Also, men also men would leave blood for their deities as offerings, as abominations to Yah. And this week, I when I was researching, I come across something which they was known as bloodletting, um, where they would cut themselves. We'll look at this again in a bit. But they would use this blood. It is disgusting, Jen. It really is disgusting. Like I said, don't need to search any of this. You don't need to search any of this. But yeah, Yah knows that these would do these disgusting things, these abominations with with blood. And um, yeah, so we're not to 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 do it with it, to pour it out. And again, by the pouring out, it's prophetic of that blood of the lamb that was that was poured, that was dropped, that was spilt for us. And and brother Lee, yep. thank you, thank you for telling us not to research that stuff. I'm serious because yeah. we don't need to, you no. know, because because it's just nasty stuff, and that's all we need to know. That's just nasty stuff. It ain't for us. No, it, no. Yeah, thank no, you no. for reminding us of that too. Seriously, uh, Machael, thank you for your comment. Malachi three six from the. 2009 scriptures for i am yahweh i shall not change and you O son of yahweh shall not come to an end and that's right he's not changed at all it's the same as it was from the beginning of creation to the end it's it's all the same and there will be some things i do say go and research ourselves but there's some things which you don't need to yeah thank you so verse 17 and 18 you may you may not eat within your gate the tire the gates the tithe of the grain or your wine or your oil or your firstlings of your herds of your flock nor any of your vows which you have vowed or your free will offerings or your heave offerings of your hand but you must eat them before yahweh in the place which yahweh shall choose you and your son and your daughter and your mansum and your maidservant and levi that is within your gates and you shall rejoice before yahweh in all that you put your hands there unto yeah protect your eyes and some of this stuff is stuff i probably looked at before my walk um you know in, in research and all the wickedness of this world so um yeah if there's anything out there you don't have to worry i'll research it and I'll, I'll let you know about it you don't need to go down those rabbit trails so we we all know that tithes well 
well, we might not all know, but tithes were to be a tenth of the produce, like a taxation that was to be given to Yah and the priests. And they were to be taken and eaten only where Yah put his name. We see that we're going to see it's important where Yah puts his name were to do these things. I remember that the, the, Le the Levine, the Levites, they didn't have an inheritance. So that's why the people were to, to give them the, the tithe to provide for them because their inheritance was Yah. Um, they were there to serve Yah continually so the people were to support them. So verses 19 and 21, guard yourselves that you forsake not the Levi'im as long as you live upon the earth. When Yahweh shall enlarge your border as he has promised you, and you shall and you shall say, I will eat flesh because your soul longs after flesh, you may eat flesh, whatsoever your soul lusts after. If the place which Yahweh is choosing to put his name there be too far off from you, you shall kill of your herd and of your flocks, and, and Yahweh has given you as I have commanded you, and you shall eat in the gate wherein your soul lusts after. So here we're just seeing Yah's compassions towards us, his love and wantingness to please us and make ourselves happy. And, and again here, we are to eat what we want as long as it is in line with Yah's commands. And that's what we need to make sure that it's just emphasized this. You know, we see it here say, you know, eat what your soul lusts. And yes, we can desire certain foods, but we need to make sure that it, they are clean. We need to make sure they are clean. And whatever we do is in line with scripture. So you just need to be careful because some people, as we mentioned before, will like to manipulate and um, switch around scripture for their own game or for your own game. Because some people get offended when other people don't want to eat what they want to eat or do what they want to do. So verse 22 to 28. Even as the roebuck Roebuck, roebuck and the deer is eaten you shall eat them the unclean and the clean shall eat them alike only be sure that you eat not the blood for the blood is in the life and you may not eat the life with the flesh you shall not eat it you shall pour it upon the earth as water you shall not eat it that it may go well with you and with your children after you when you shall do that which is right in the sight of yahweh only your holy things which you have and your vows and you shall take and go into the place which Yahweh shall choose, and you shall after your ascend, offer your ascending smoke offerings, the flesh and the blood upon the altar of Yahweh and the blood of your sacrifice shall be poured upon out upon the altar of Yahweh and you shall eat the flesh. Guard and hear all these words which I command you, that it may go well with you and with your children after you forever when you do that which is good and right in the sight of Yahweh So we are to Shema and Shema, we are to guard and obey all these words and ensure that our generations forever do after them and do the same. Obviously, we do not have a the temple that well, we don't have the physical temple to be offering these sacrifices every year. But we need to be ensuring that we are eating clean and we are doing the things that we are told here. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Asia. Thank you for being here. When Yahweh El Haker shall cut off. The nations from before you, wherever you go to possess them, and you succeed them and dwell in their land, take heed to yourself that you not be snared by following them after they be destroyed from before you, and that you inquire not after the Elohim, saying, How did these nations serve their Elohim? Else even so will I do likewise. You shall not do so unto Yahweh, for every abomination to Yahweh which he hates have they done to their Elohim, for even their sons and their daughters. They have burned in the fire to their Elohim. So again, we see reminder of 
a war a war reminder and a warning of us not to follow the nations in their false worship and to and to tr and to, to worship you in the same way his word definitely doesn't change it is the same now yesterday same forever we shall not praise and worship Yah as the nations do and the things that they do and these nations would sacrifice their children to their idols as well it, it was um the things they would do are disgusting and we are to be a Kadesh set apart from the world we're not to do these things and we read a lot in scripture about passing through the fire offering up to Molech um and, it, and it's it truly is abominations verse 32 what things whoever i command you god to do it you shall not add thereof nor diminish from it so we're told not to diminish from yah's command i think i've looked at this word before but it's gara and we see to shave to remove uh, to make small to withdraw to clip to withhold so we're not to remove lesson take away from what has been commanded to us as asia just said his word never changes and and that's exactly what we're saying here in matthew 5 17 and 18 know that i have come to destroy the torah or the prophets i am not come to destroy but to fulfill for amen i say unto you till heaven and earth passes one yod or one tittle shall no wise pass from the torah till all are fulfilled and um what asia said there as well his word is the same, never changes, and we're seeing that, and we need to be careful not to do away with it. But that's that's another passage, brother, where it says to be, I came to fulfill. That's another passage that people say, well, he fulfilled yeah. it. It's done. It's over. We're good. Let's go do whatever we want to do. Happy Easter. Merry Christmas. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, that's what people, they use this stuff, and it's just crazy. No, I know, yeah. And, and like it says, it's till heaven and earth pass one year. Well, heaven and earth haven't passed yet. We haven't, you know, it's not fulfilled. Revelation isn't fulfilled yet. So, but they, like you say, they just, they like to clip. They like to do what it says here. They like to clip, they like to shave away, they like to remove parts of scripture and just to make it to fit their, how they want to live. And it's, yep. It, I've spoke about this before with the, with the the wheat, the wheat and the tares. The wheat will bend and bow in the wind, whereas the tares will be rigid and and stand and stand up straight. Yeah. And and the wind, obviously, the word for wind as well is ruach in Hebrew. So we are to bend and move with the ruach, with the word. We are, you know, we're not to be rigid. We're not to make Yah's word bend to us. We're to bend to His word. But that's what people do. They 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 do away. They they. They lessen it, they clip it, they just put take scripture from here, 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 and put it together and miss out all the verses in between and just even clip even a verse, clip half a verse and just just to, to just to satisfy their needs and their flesh. Yeah, amen, Robert. Thank you. It's just um it's these people, and we're warned about them, you know. People in in positions where they're 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 ministering to people, they're they're sharing the word. They they really they have this obligation really from Yah to give them the truth, and it's just they don't do it. They just want to please themselves and and not Yah. No, oh, thank you very much, Shell. And it's something that we all need to be guarded and weary against. If if someone says something and it makes you go, "Whoa, that doesn't line up with Scripture." 
take it to scripture. If I say something that doesn't line up, take it to scripture. Everything you hear, you should be put into scripture and make sure that it's Yah's word that is being preached and Yah's word that is being told. Because that is what it's all about. It's all about pleasing and doing what Yah wants. Hey, you know what's funny too, real quick? What yeah. I hear a lot also is, uh, you know, I'll, I'll tell people like, you know, just for instance, I don't eat pork. And and they'll say, um, they'll say, well, is that religious or health? And I'll say, it's biblical. And yeah. they'll say, well, I read the Bible, but I've never seen that in the Bible before. <laughs> I'm like, well, what parts of the Bible are you reading? <laughs> and well, exactly. that, that whatever they're doing, oh, well, I've never seen that in the Bible before. <laughs> I was like, well, I don't know <laughs> what you're reading then. <laughs> no, it's a great point. I love that when, when people ask, are you religious? Because um, it's quite confusing, especially to people where we live, what we do. And when I, you know, I had to tell people in work, I don't work on the Sabbath. I don't do this. I don't eat that. Um, are you religious? And we like to say, no, well, we, we follow the Bible, you know, the whole Bible. We're followers of the way, like you said, biblical. And that's what we're all about. Um, you know, some people are so confused about, you know, the Old Testament and the New Testament. You know, you got to pick one or the other. And it's it's not like that. And um, I love that saying it's we're bib it's biblical not religious yeah. it's biblical because that's what it is i don't like this the word religious and the picture no. it paints no I, I get asked that all the time what religion am i and i say i'm not i am <laughs> biblical yeah that's why that's my answer all the time and no, people and people actually tend to like that yeah they actually they actually kind of cling to that and uh, they say okay all right you know because no. if you if you say you're Catholic or you're Baptist or you're Mormon or you're this or you're that, then they turn their nose up at you. Yeah, mm. you, you, you know that that's that uh, that that's how people are so against each other all the time. And that you know, that, I don't like religion either. I like being biblical. Yeah. Amen, brother. Amen. So chapter thirteen, we're now in. So verse one to three. So if there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams and gives you a sign or a wonder and the sign or the wonder come to pass where he spoke unto you saying, let us not go after Elohim, which you have not known and let us serve them. You shall not hearken unto the words of the prophet or that dreamer of dreams for Yahweh approves you and know whether you to know whether you love Yahweh with all your heart and with all your soul. So have is saying it's both y'all made. It's both y'all made us all. Amen. Oh, sorry. I was just reading that. Um, he made garbage cans to clean up the mess. <laughs> you are what you eat. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Thank you very much, Heather. She said we're not to eat poop eaters. <laughs> and, amen. We're all followers of Mashiach. But no, it's a great point. And I know that uh, that Shell and James, they spoke on their show several weeks ago about the clean and unclean foods. And they talked about that. And um, if you're only new to this and you're coming to try to distinguish between the clean and unclean foods, if you watch their show, they go into more detail about it. It just shows how how inspired the word is. And it just, whenever we, we, we find stuff out about that, or, you know, the the health benefits from not eating these unclean animals, it just shows how, Yard's finger is on all of these words on everything um and i and when truth like that comes out i don't really know how people can deny it 
because if there's certain things that are only coming out in the last few years, 10 years, 20 years, even 100 years, this this is thousands of years old, they had these instructions and commands to not eat these things. How did they know that they were unclean? How did they know that um, there was um, be, um, not benefits, if there was disadvantages or health complications from eating these foods? They wouldn't have known. They wouldn't have known unless it was given to them by Yah. It's just... just um, when the more you read, the more you go into it, the more it just it just just really cements the idea that Yah is Yah and he was there at the beginning. So it's important here because just because people are able to predict signs and wonders or perform miracles, it does not make them prophets of Yah. They can be false prophets of Hasatan. And also what's interesting about this in verse three, it says um, that Yahweh proves you. So sometimes Yah uses these false prophets. Yah will give these, use these to try and prove and test us to know where our hearts and our our souls are. So if if someone's coming through and they're and they're bringing signs and wonders and they're saying things that happen that are true, but then they say to go against Yah or to go against His commands or or what He's told you, then we're not to follow them. And and Yah is always testing us and proving us. Yep. Really? Yeah, that's, that's the other thing I hear a lot too. People, people who don't read the read the Bible and understand it say God will he'll, he'll never test us. Really? <laughs> what Bible are you reading? No, he I know will, there's plenty. Prove us. Yeah, there's plenty of times he tests us and he yeah. tells us he will test us, and we should want to be tested because yeah. it is what um, it just it it. it, it it makes us go straight. Yeah, and it, and it, it it's all for our own own benefit. Um, and Heather, I believe ducks are clean from what I've looked at, and and um, the lists I've looked at. Um, I do think, I, I think they are. Yeah. Yeah, I believe ducks are clean. Um, I know James and Lee. They had they used the same picture that my wife printed off for me uh, several years ago. So if you just go into whatever search engine um, you use type in clean food bible um go to images and they'll give you some sheets there which will list them up. and um there's one there which james and lee Carruthers used every week which is very good and i believe duck is clean um so okay then so yeah so yeah like i said yard does does uh test and prove us and we do have examples of false prophets in scripture we see in exodus 7 11 then pharaoh also called the wise men and the sorcerers, now the magicians of Mitzrayim, and they also did like manner with their enchantments. So when Moshe first came to Pharaoh, and when he did the first, I think, believe it was free, or I think it was free, um, did the first free uh, plagues, the the people of Pharaoh were actually able, it says they were able to do the same, they were able to copy it, not fully, but they were able to copy it. So we see that Yah does have, there are people there that can, do these miracles that do dream dreams but you know yah does have people in place that are there to prove us like the wicked are even made for that day of judgment the wicked are there as well see in acts 13 13 and it says here and when they had gone through the isles unto Pahos, they found a certain sorcerer a false prophet of yahudi whose name was bar yahusha and victoria says this teaching is so Tobe, I also tell people I'm a reader, so many go to church to hear a man's belief. 
doing them no good. Amen. Amen, sister. Yeah. Um, that's it. We need to be reading the word. I think I believe it's James that says, be a reader, um, be a doer, not a hearer. We need to be reading that word and we need to be everything we hear someone say, we need to take it back to scripture and to Yah's word and to test it and see if it lines up. And if it doesn't, then there's there's not a problem with the word. There's a problem with the person who's saying saying uh, whatever they've said. So we need to make sure everything we hear lines up. We've got to be so careful of what we put in through our mouth, but also we put in our eyes, we put in our ears. We need to be careful of everything. And Yahushua warns us of these false prophets as well. We see in Matthew 24, 24, for there shall arise false mashachim and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders so much so that if you were there, if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. And obviously we read in Revelation as well about the false prophet and the, and the, the wondrous works that they're going to do. But Yahushua told us that we are to judge them by their fruit. So Matthew 7, 15 to 20. Be aware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruit. Do men grab a grapes or thorns or figs or thistles? Even so, every good tree brings forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree brings forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that brings forth good fruit is hewn down, that brings not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast to the fire, where, wherefore by the fruits you shall know them. So it's so important that we, we judge everything that we hear from anyone by their fruits and by what they're saying. So verse five, uh, four and five, you shall walk after Yahweh and fear him and guard his commandments and obey his voice. And you shall serve him and cleave unto him. And that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he has spoken to turn you away from Yahweh which brought you out of the land of Mitzrayim and redeemed you out of the house of bondage to thrust you out of the way which Yahweh commanded you to walk in. So shall you put away the evil from the midst of you so we are not to be led astray by these false prophets or teachers we are to re remain in that fear of that awe of yah we are to shema or guard his word we are to shema or obey hear and obey his word his voice we are to serve him and we are to cleave we are to keep close to yah we need to make sure that we are doing these things yeah amen amen just because they got some letters before or after their name, it doesn't make them any more of um I can't think of the uh the word, but it doesn't mean they more more on scripture than you. They like say they're mockers, not lovers of Yah, that it's all about themselves. We need to be careful. So read now. If your brother, the son of your mother, or your son, or your daughter, or your woman of your bosom, or your friend, which is as your own soul entice you secretly saying let us go and serve other elohim which you have not known you nor your fathers namely of the elohim of the peoples which are round about you nigh unto you or far off from you from one end of the earth even unto the other end of the earth you shall not consent unto him nor hearken unto him neither shall your eye pity him neither shall you spare neither shall you conceal him but you shall surely kill him your hands shall be first upon him to put him to death and afterwards the hand of all people and you shall stone him with stones that he may die because he has sought to thrust you away from Yahweh who brought you out of the land of Mitzrayim, the house of bondage. And 
these things can now when we read some things like this it can seem quite extreme and severe but when i was listening I, me and my wife listened to one of laura lee's shows a while ago and she had a man on i can't believe I, I can't remember what his name is but he made a very good point he said that they had these rules in place here and you know if someone was trying to lead someone away from you or doing some of these things which were wrong they were to be to be killed but through doing that they saved all the other people around them. And it might seem harsh, but they wouldn't have had, you know, you think about all the mental illnesses and, and all these, all the problems we have in society nowadays, you know, because of all the, all the lies that are getting spread, all the, all this idol, um, all the uh, idolatry, oh, I can't think of the word, but all the, um, all their truths that they bring forward, everything they bring and they lead people astray and they, you know, they've caused these problems in people, you know, they've made people depressed. They made people think that they're, you know, a different person to what they are, to what you are created them. They made them not happy. Whereas if these things were stemmed and stopped at the beginning, you know, we might not have the problems we have today. We, we surely don't read about them in scripture of, of these, these problems, these mental illnesses that were around. So it, it does seem very harsh, but at the same time, if we were to we follow after them, um, if they, if we're turned away from him, it turns us to a life of sin, which leads to death as well. I've got some scriptures about that. We see in 1 John 3, 4, whosoever commits sin transgresses also the Torah, for sin is the transgression of the Torah. Romans 6, 23, for the wage of sin is death, but the gift of Elohim is eternal life through Yahusha, Hamashiach, Ar Adonai. Um, so we must... Therefore, we must remove these people that are leading people astray, lead them to death, because in a sense, they are also murderers. If they lead someone into sin, they lead someone to, to go away from Yah, then they are, in a sense, murdering that person, especially if they're doing it willfully and knowingly. First Corinthians 5.13, But them that are without Elohim judges, therefore put away from among themselves that wicked person. And we do see a contrast in this to... These in Acts, where they stoned a man of Yah for not liking his word. So we see how really they far they had gone away from Yah's word. In Acts 7.59 with Stephen, we read, and they stoned Stephen, call, and they stoned Stephen, calling upon Elohim and saying, Adonai Yahushua received my Ruach. So Stephen was just preaching the word, and these people didn't like hearing it, and they stoned him. And it's, you know, it's completely different. We see that stark contrast there. And Genesis and Deuteronomy 13 and 11. And all Yashrael shall hear and fear and shall do no more any such wickedness that is among you. So this was supposed to be a deterrent through doing this, through this death. It was supposed to be a deterrent and was to stop people from following after this and following them from and stopping them from being led astray. It is shell. Yeah, we have to really be careful about what they are broadcasting to us. Just seems like everything today. Every today, there's there's just depravity and wickedness, and and um, you know, on a personal note, um, there's a program that my kids like to watch, and this week they they went to their mum and said, um, you know, that this happened in it, you know, um, and we had to stop them from watching it because it was. Uh, it just wasn't within yours ways and uh, we feel bad for having to say 
you, you're not allowed to watch it you know they were enjoying it but they understand that the world is corrupt and they try to defile everything and it is um it's heartbreaking in a sense just just this just the level of corruption depravity that's around us yeah well i can tell you lee that on my my wife's note there is that we have a hard time finding a movie to watch anymore because yeah. we don't allow i mean it's just me and my wife and our dog in our household but we don't we still don't allow like uh horror movies uh if it's got too much if it's got you know perversion in it we, we don't watch any of that stuff any of those movies so nowadays we find it hard to find a movie to watch because because they're all so dirty and nasty and just filled with sorcery and and perversion and all this stuff and and so we don't even allow that as adults we don't allow that to come into our lives through that that box hmm. No, I understand what you're saying. Me and my wife are the same, trying to trying to find something to put on at night sometimes, you know, when it is hard. It is really hard. And sometimes you can be watching something and you can be enjoying it and then they'll just stick something in there. Yeah. Uh, in series and shows as well. You know, you can get halfway through it and then they'll just stick something in there which we don't agree with and we don't like. And then that you go, you, you start watching it then. Um, and it, it, it's so careful for our children as well because – they just they're so impressionable they're so impressionable yep. and it can just have that in the back of their mind then it can be saying that oh these things are okay these things are good um so yeah it, it is it is hard it is really difficult like you say they just want to ramp up the fear or ramp up the perversion or just ramp up the idolatry just everything the witchcraft sorcery just all of it it's everywhere yeah it is can't get away from it yeah, it's very interesting names as well. When you, Mike, Michael, what you're saying there is when you look at these things, you know, uh, programs, uh, channels, broadcasting, it's all very interesting. Like you say, like Shell said, you can see the sorcery in all the names of it and how they want to broad, uh, they want to program us. It's very interesting. And and it's it's sometimes it's not until you 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 really truly wake up that you see all these things how it is. It is right in front of us. Yeah, exactly. However, that is why they call television programming. Um, I, I there's a song, so one a song that I like, like and it, it calls um talks about government and they say it's governmental because they yeah. they want to govern your mind. Um, yeah, it's just they, they have it so much in plain sight for us, and it's just uh, sometimes it's hard to see. Having faith in Yahweh is completely different from being religious. It certainly is, Stephen. It certainly okay. is, as you mentioned, mentioned before. It certainly is different. Amen to that. Amen, brother. Thank you for that. On the duck, Heather, from what I can see, the Jews consider it kosher, as do others. However, I am seeing some say it is not clean, so might not be worth the risk. Okay, well, I apologize for saying if it's clean, if it's unclean. Um, thank you, Catherine, for looking into that. Um, yeah, and, and if and if we are not sure on anything, the best thing to do is to is to just lay off it until we are able to definitively, definitively know whether it is or not, because the last thing you want to be doing is something that is against Yah's word. It is evil seed being broadcast. It certainly is. Oh, yeah, commercials today as well. Oh, yeah, I, 
In, in America, you have a lot of drug commercials, don't you? Yeah, that's all commercials are nowadays. Yeah. All about all these drugs you should take, about how sick we are. It, 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 it's aggravating, you know. That's all we're being told. That's all we're being told through that box is how sick we are and that we got to take these drugs and then take these drugs to take these drugs. and uh, Yeah, the drugs you take make you worse and then you got to take more. It's just take more end- drugs. Get you, yeah, uh, forget it. And at the end of the day, they're just, they're just making money. They're just making the money. It's all about money. Yes. And, and, and I think some people forget that hospitals, doctors, all that stuff, they're not all bad. Don't get me wrong. But it is a business. Hmm. It's all about making money. But on TV, it's trying to tell us how we care about your health. Take this drug because we care for you so much. And no, you don't. No, in America, it's so much more commercialized and there's so much. Whereas obviously here in England, it's the NHS. So we don't pay to go. Uh, if we uh, need to go to the doctors, obviously it's not as speedy and as... as um, uh, that's right. That's right. I forgot about that. Interesting. But um, but you definitely see it during this whole, and yeah, Daniel, I love that tell lie vision. Yeah. But during this whole uh, pandemic or whatever choice of words you like to cause it, we had so many people not in work, not being able to work. So many people becoming homeless. So many people having to go to food banks that would never have had to go to food banks that were really struggling, and it was heartbreaking. But then these people that had the the cure. That had you know they were the saviors with the cure, their 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 profits saw net gain skyrocketed higher than ever, and now all of a sudden we need a certain, um, you know, don't want to say the word, but we need a certain thing every six months. They're trying to say because oh, they yeah. realize, oh yeah, as well as killing us, as well as doing whatever, like changing our DNA or whatever it is you you believe they're doing. They're, they're increasing their profits to, to levels un- unseen. And it's, um, yeah, yep. it's disgusting. All right, I'm getting a bit lost now where I'm I know. <laughs> Don't get us started. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Catherine's downstairs thinking, Lee, get back on track. So, <laughs> yeah. I'll, so verse 12, I'll, so. I'll keep you off track just as much. So, sorry, brother. Yeah, <laughs> uh, so if you shall hear, hear, if you shall hear say in one of your cities which Yafal Haker has given you to dwell there, saying certain men, the children of Belial, are gone out from among you and have withdrew the inhabitants of their city, saying, let us go and serve of Elohim, which you have not known. Then shall you inquire and make search and ask diligently and, and behold, if it be true and this thing certain, for such abomination is wrought among you. So, we are not to just take one man's word, and this is what I love about Yar is just you know that that sense of justice is um, you know we're not just to take the word of one man, but we are to search out the matter, be diligent, and ensure that justice is being done correctly. Here we can see Yar's character of justice and mercy, and it's something that we will go into next week with uh, the next Torah portion. It's called Shoftim, and it's about judges, and we'll see Yar's character in there and his justice and mercy. But here we um, so we hear we see it, but we can see the opposite, and this can be seen with in Kings with Isabel or Jezebel. So First Kings twenty one ten, and set two men, sons of Beelal, before him to bear witness against him, saying, "You did blaspheme Elohim and the king, 
and then carry him out and stone him that he may die. So what this is, is Ahab wanted a vineyard. The guy wouldn't sell it to him because it was inheritance. He went and told Jezebel. I like to always think that he's going off crying to, to, to Jezebel. She then goes out, threatens him. He says no. She gets two men to go there and, and lie about him, to bring false witness, and then they kill him and take his property. And so we just see there the corruption um, that that there was uh, and how far away they did go from Yah's word. And we do see it in today. Just Justice is not being done. We just do not see justice being done. It's like if you've got money, if you're in positions of power, most of the time you can get away with what you want. With what you, want. you really can. So these children of Belial. So I wasn't going to go into this, but I just thought it was a bit it's just too interesting not to. So it's H1100. And when we look at the, uh, the the definition that Strong's gives us, we see without profit, worthlessness, by extension, destruction, wickedness. So we see evil, naughty, ungodly men, wicked. So we see this wickedness. And when we look at the, uh, at the breakdown of it, we have the bait, which is the house or the tent or dwelling. We have the, the lamed, which is the shepherd, the staff or teaching. We have the yod, which is the arm, the hand, the work or deed or worship. The iron is the eye to watch, experience or hate. And the lamed is the shepherd, the staff or teaching. So what I got when I was looking at this word for this wickedness, for these wicked people, was those that dwelling, those that are dwelling in the teaching and works of the hateful shepherd. So those that are, are making their dwelling with this hateful shepherd who is just whose teachings are works of hate you know it just makes you think of those that really are aligning themselves with these evil people that are aligning themselves with hasatan that's what we see in these people search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life and they are they which testify of me amen bro we should be really searching those scriptures thank you very much thank you for for saying that So, carry on. So, verse 15 and 16. You shall surely smite the inhabitants of the city, which the edge of the sword, destroying it destroying it utterly and all that is therein, and the cattle thereof, with the edge of the sword. And you shall gather all the spoil of it in the midst of the street thereof, and shall burn it in the city, and all the spoil thereof everywhere. For Yahweh and it shall be a heap forever. It shall not be built again. So, they shall... Be a heap forever. So the word for heap is interesting. It's actually tell. You see there, it's a, a tet and a lamed. Uh, and it means mold, a heap, a heap of ruins. And what is quite interesting is, so these wicked places were to be destroyed and then there'd be a heap and this word is tell. So when we see places today it's called this, it's possible that they were once destroyed for the practices. They should not be built on again possibly having these evil ruacs, these evil spirits or demons that influence people remain in there. In the modern Israel in modern Israel today, we have places called Tel Aviv, um, which is a place which is full of wickedness and abominations. And I believe there are more places which have that tell in front of the name. And it's possible that it could be they could be called tell and whatever because they were once a heap. They were once destroyed because of the the abomination because of the the practices they did because of who the, because they tried to turn people away from serving Yah they were places of Belial so um, it's quite interesting that word 
And there shall cleave no of the cursed thing to your hand, that Yahweh may turn from the fierceness of you to anger and show you mercy and have compassion on you and multiply you as he has sworn seven oaths unto your fathers. When you shall hearken to the voice of Yahweh Haker to guard all his commandments, and which I command you this day, to do that which is right in the eyes of Yahweh Haker. So when we turn away from the cursed thing, then Yah's anger will leave us. We must be careful as we are warned that these false prophets will arise in the latter days to lead us astray. And we've seen it in, with Yahushua talking about in Matthew, and we also see it here in Revelation 19.20. It says, And the beast was taken, and we have him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, and which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. So we just see that we are warned that, these will be there in the time to come and really must be careful to not go after them. So we see here to do what is right. So the word for right is Yashar and it's H3477. And uh, it means upright. And uh, we see straight, upright, correct, level, pleasing. And this word is the beginning of Yah's people. Yah's people, it's Yasharel. And we see that Yod Shin Resh. We see it here with Yasharel, Yod Shin Resh. And then we have that L on the end, that Aleph and that Lamed L. So we see we are to be the uprightness of L through doing the right thing, through cleaving to Yah and God and his commandments. I just thought it was quite just seeing this Yasha, this uprightness of L. Um, and that is what we are to be. There we go, chapter 14. Oh, have I gone? I've gone back one, haven't I? So chapter 14, verse 1. You are the children of Yahweh Hakam. You shall not cut yourselves, nor make any boldness between your eyes for the dead. So we, we did mention this before, but cutting of the body was performed during Baal worship and was a pagan practice, as mentioned before with bloodletting, as we spoke of. We read this in Kings as well, First Kings 18.28. And they cried aloud and cut themselves according to their ruling with knives and spears until the blood gushed out on them. So we see that with Eliyahu against those prophets of Baal. So these were practices that the other nations would perform in their pagan rituals for their dead. And we are to mourn for our dead. We are to mourn, but we're not to mourn as the nations do. We read Abraham mourning along with many others. We see this in Genesis 23, 2. And Sarah died in Kerat Arba. The same in Hebron in the land of Kenaim, and Abraham came to mourn for Sarah and to weep for her. So we are to mourn, we are to weep when we lose people, but we are not to do these practices that the nations do. For you are a holy people unto Yahweh Haker, and Yahweh has chosen you to be a peculiar treasure unto him above all the nations that are upon the earth. So we are to be the children of Yah, chosen by Yah to be his peculiar people, as we've mentioned in a previous uh, study and um, this word peculiar is h5459 segula and we see it's a jewel a treasure um, a peculiar treasure special and then it makes me think of this in first peter 2 9 but you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood a holy nation a peculiar people that you should show forth the praise of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light and in the Greek, this word peculiar also means purchased possession. So we see this 
Um, we are purchased by your. We are a chosen treasure, a special, a special possession. And and as mentioned before, in Malachi three sixteen and eighteen, we see that we are his jewels, which I haven't put in this script in this. But um, again, that's that same word you Segula, and it's yours used as jewel. So it just shows how your Caesars. So it now states uh, the clean and unclean foods that we are to eat. Yahweh knew the health benefits as we spoke about before from avoiding these clean these from avoiding these unclean foods before man ever did so we'll just go through these but not go into great detail so verse three to eight you shall not eat any abominable thing these are the beasts which you shall eat the ox the sheep and the goat the deer and the roebuck and the fallow deer and the wild goat and the pygarg and the wild ox and the camoys and every beast that parts the hoof and cleaves the cleft into two claws and chews the cud among the beasts that you shall eat. Nevertheless, these shall you these ye shall not eat of them that chew the cud or that or of them that divide the cloven hoof, as the camel, as the hare, as the coney, these that chew the cud but divide not the hoof, therefore they are unclean unto you. And the swine, because it divides the hoof, yet chews not the cud, it is unclean unto you. You shall not eat of the flesh nor touch their dead carcass. So we see how unclean it is. These you shall eat. So we're talking now about in the waters of them that are in the waters. All that have fins and scales shall you eat. And whatsoever has not fins and scales you may not eat. It is unclean unto you. So James and Lee went over this. And we had comment before talking about how these that were not permitted and a lot of these creatures would eat the waste of the sea. There'd be those bottom feeders. They would go around cleaning other animals or cleaning up the sea. And it's not what we, sh they, we should be eating. They were unclean to us. And of all birds you shall eat, but these are they which you shall not eat. The eagle and the ostrich and the osprey and the glade and the kite and the vulture after his kind and every raven after his kind and the the owl and the night hawk and the cuckoo and the hawk after his kind and the little owl and the great owl and the swan and the pelican and the guy eagle and the cormorant and the stork and the heron after their kind and the lapwing and the bat. So these all eat flesh um, or dead animals. Um, so we are to avoid them. And um, it's quite, you know, I didn't realize, and I'm sure many people didn't realize what some of these other nations ate a few years ago, but a lot of it got brought to light when, um, you know, and how certain nations ate bat. And um, it's it really is disgusting how some of these nations truly do eat these such unclean foods. And every creeping thing that flies is unclean unto you that you shall not eat, but of all clean fowls you may eat. You shall not eat of anything that dies of itself. You shall give it unto, you shall give it unto the stranger that is in your gates, that he may eat it, or he may sell it unto an alien. So obviously a foreigner. Um, for you are a holy people unto Yahweh Hagar. You shall not see the kid in his mother's milk. So some believe. So talking now on this. So we're not to to yeah, anything that dies. Um, we shouldn't be eating it because we don't know what it died of and we don't want to pass any diseases to ourselves. 
And I'm just going to focus on this last verse here, this last part where it says, you shall not see the kid in his mother's milk. So some believe that this is because it was a pagan practice for fertility. You know, back in the day, they would have had, thousands of years ago, they had loads of different practices for fertility. And this was one of them, they believed. Others believe that it's showing Yahweh's character of mercy to all creatures and how it would be so inhumane to boil a baby in his mother's milk. Um, milk should be for life, not death as well. So we've just seen that um, humanity and that mercy of Yah. And some believe that it's saying that you should not have milk with beef. However, on this last one, I believe there is scripture that counteract this. We've seen Genesis 18.8 when um, the three Beings, I believe it's two two angels and Yahusha come to, to, to Abraham to talk about Sodom and Amora. We see here, it says, and he took butter and milk and a calf which he had dressed and set it before them and he stood by them under the tree and they did eat. So we see here how he, it appears that Abraham is making, uh, you know, milk. they're eating milk and uh, calf together. So I believe that that, maybe goes against that last point and i believe it's more to do with this um this humanity this mercy of yah and his character really um it's what i believe that this is this verse bore points to so verse 22 to 25 you shall truly tithe all your increase of your seed that the fields brings forth year by year, and you shall eat before Yahweh in the place which he shall choose to place his name thereof, and the tithe of your grain, and of your wine, of your oil, of the firstlings of your herds, and of all your flocks, that you may learn to fear Yahweh always. And it, and if the way be too long to you, so that you are not able to carry it, or if the place be too far from you, which Yahweh shall choose to set his name there, when Yahweh has blessed you, then shall you turn it into money and bind the money in your hand and you shall go into the place which Yahweh shall choose. So we see how Yah is always looking to make our ways easier. You know, he's, he's not trying to stick that heavy yoke or that heavy burden on us. He's actually always trying to make things easier for us. And we see it here. So those that had a long journey to go and, and take their, their offerings to Yah, they were able to transfer it into money and they're able to, to use that money as they pleased. And it's, um, it, again, we're just seeing that, that loving kindness, that compassion of your eyes is always looking out for us. Um, I believe Catherine's put some comments in here about the duck. Uh, duck is not mentioned here, but I am seeing some good reasoning that they should be included. Maybe worth a deep study on the matter. And Catherine has put um, a link up in the description for anybody who wants to check that out after the, afterwards. Um, and if uh, maybe we'll put that, include that in the description or in the comments afterwards as well. Thank you very much, Catherine. So, and you shall bestow that money for whatever your soul lusts after, for oxen or for sheep or for wine or for strong drink or for whatsoever your soul desires that you may eat there before Yahweh and you shall rejoice you and your household so some people use this verse to support so this when I was going for this is just one thing that stood out at me and one thing I thought I addressed that some people use this verse to to say that we are permitted 
or even instructed to drink alcohol. So we have two words here, one for wine and one for strong drink. Strong drink, strong drink is shakhar, and it says an intoxication, intoxicant, that is intensely alcoholic liquor, strong drink, drunkard, strong wine. And we see that the word comes from shakhar uh, to become tipsy, is that the same one? Yeah, to become tipsy, uh, stimulant drink influence. So we see that as that's where the word comes from. We see that they're actually spelt the same. It's just the um, yeah the mas mas Masoretic vowel points. I believe that are different that make it into that other word. So what we need to do here is just look at these. So. We see that these Hebrew words are spelled the same. However, there is difference from being drunk and tipsy. In Proverbs 21, it says, Wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging, and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. Isaiah 5.11, Woe unto them that rise up early in the morning, that they may follow strong drink, that continue until night, to wine inflame them. Um, so, and I believe that, you know, Yah is saying that we are allowed to drink. If you, that's what you want to do, you are allowed to drink. However, you have to be careful um, and know your levels, really, because we shouldn't be becoming intoxicated. We shouldn't be becoming filled with anything other than the Ruach. And we see this in Ephesians 5.18. And be not drunk with wine, wherein it is excess, but be filled with the Ruach. And we need to ensure that um, we are not becoming drunk that we lose control that we we uh because that can then lead the enemy to come in and lead us away from you uh, i don't know if you've got anything to mention on this topic robert i need to use so many scriptures for my wednesday show oh yeah well <laughs> if you need anything just give us an email and i, I can just send you anything i've got because uh, because I, I you know i like those scriptures because i've been preaching about this on wednesday night about the yeah being drunk is not good no i know yeah um like saying some people will look at these scriptures and say well we're allowed to drink and now many times where it talks about you know being being merry or you'll talk about people being drunk and people will like to say that you know we're allowed to do it but you know we need to be careful Ephesians clearly here says not to not to be drunk. I mean, yeah. I mean, I I think it's fine. People want to drink some wine. I mean, I, it's fine. You know me. I I don't know. I don't care for alcohol anymore. But um, I per I I don't see the purpose in it. But scriptures do say that it's okay to have some wine because it does come from God's blessings of the grapes. Yeah. yeah. But, but right, we, you know, strong drink is raging and whosoever deceived thereby is not wise. And I can testify to that. <laughs> no, I know there's, um, like you say, it's a blessing, the grapes, the, the harvest and, and, and getting that wine. But we need to be careful, especially with today, the, the kind of things that, that there is out there. Um, what have they actually done to it and how they, you know, altered it and made it stronger in a sense for us? Because that's what everybody wants today, something stronger, something different. And, and and like Michael's saying there, everything in moderation. And that's true. I 
haven't me and my wife haven't drank for years and i know if i had a glass of wine or a beer i'll probably be on my way to being drunk so i don't see any benefits in that and i say if, if you want to have a, if people want to have a glass of wine i'm not going to say don't have a glass of wine but i say duration no. and know your limits because the last thing you want to do is be taking yourself away from that protection of your you know when we become intoxicated we do let our guards down we do let our guards down and you just need to be careful but yeah we're not saying don't have a glass of wine if that's what you'd no. like not at all um and there are scriptures that tell us to have wine but it's just being careful what it is you're taking how strong it is how it will affect your body and making sure you do not become you know intoxicated and have too much that's what um the point is that i'm just trying to get across here yeah no i i agree you know it's it's always a i think this one's always a tough subject to talk about i really do i i think it's 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 tough to come across with a good wise word and but not making other people mad (laughs) because you you know what i'm saying you know preach preaching to them about don't be drinking alcohol yeah (laughs) No, it's not. Oh, sorry, I was just gonna say it's not as uh, it's, it's not as black and white or as clear as the unclean and clean foods, is it? Right. No. No, not not quite as quite as clear as that. But but but, brother Lee, it's in the scripture. It's there for a reason, so it has to be important. So that's what we always have to remember. Also, people may not see these scriptures as being anything so important. Ah, big deal. It's telling us not to be drunk. But he, he's given us all this for a reason. And, and so it, everything is worth looking at when it's in the scripture. Yeah. And Heather has said it, you know, true, put every, whatever's in scripture, it's there for a reason. We, we say that a lot, don't we? say that all the time that everything has a yep. purpose and there's nothing that's not there for a reason. So Heather's put, doc, yes, Dr. Munzo teaches it lowers our frequency for the enemy to enter. Like, yeah. oh, wow, good point. Well, doesn't it make us do different things and say different things and act in different ways? Absolutely. That's a really good point. I've never heard of it put it that way, but I know Dr. Monzo is 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 a brilliant teacher and that's a really good point. I really like that. No, thanks for bringing that bringing that to us ever and Shell says, I believe the natural fermentation process is about 3 to 5%, but is ramped up to close to 15% in commercial products. Yeah, and it shows yeah. that that massive increase there, five to five times more nearly. Um, so yeah, you need to be careful. I feel Heather says I feel they had a little alcohol to kill the organisms, to not be poisoned, not to get tipsy. They call it spirits for a reason. Place the devil photo on the label. Yeah, some do as well. That El Diablo wine has a has a the devil on it. Oh, right, right. Okay. Um, yeah, it's, it's some of them are shocking. Yeah, thank you, Shell. Um, those some great points you're all bringing here. So thank you very much. It definitely does. It lowers our inhibitions. And and then when that happens, it's, oh, well, I'll, I can do this. And, and and you quickly then get taken away from the word and, and you, you leave yourself vulnerable and open like you just spoke about here, lowering that force field. So it's very, uh, no, some great points. Thank you very much. And I believe it's in James as well. It talks about having, this will go along with what Heather said. I think it's James where it talks about having a bit of wine if you've got an upset stomach. You know, it's there. 
I'm sure there might be some health benefits in it. But what we're drinking these days is not that natural wine that they would have had back thousands of years no. ago. Like Shell said, they, they, the chemical, uh, the process they have and the chemicals they put in really changes it. So we go verse 27, 29. And the Levi that is within your gate, you shall not forsake him. For he has no part nor inheritance with you. And at the end of three years, you shall bring forth all the tithe of your increase the same year. And you shall lay it up within your gates. And the Levi, because he has no part nor inheritance with you, and the stranger and the fatherless and the and the widow, which are within your gates, shall come and shall eat and be satisfied. The Yahweh may bless you in all the work of your hands, which you do. So we are to have compassion of those people that are within our gates. Uh, the Levi, the, the widow, the fatherless, especially those that do not have an inheritance and not from the land. Um, like we say, those as well that have lost a husband or a father. And this is alluding to a different tithe that would happen every three years. And James one twenty seven says, Pure observant, observant and undefiled before Elohim and the father is his to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. And it's like we say, it's just this having this mercy and compassion that Yah has. And he tells us all the time to have it towards others. And that's what we really need to be making sure that we really do in our, have in our lives. Yeah, we might not um, have these feasts to go to or we might not have these tithes to go and take to Yerushalayim every year or every three years or a few times a year. But what we need to make sure is that if we see any people or know any people that are um, fatherless, that are widowed, that are less off than us, and we are in a position to help, then we should help. I know it's difficult for everybody at the moment, but if we are able to help people, then we really should be showing that compassion and mercy that Yah has. So chapter 15 now, at the end of, Every seven years, uh, you shall make a release. And this is the manner of the release. Every creditor that lends out ought unto his neighbor shall release it. He shall not exact it of his neighbor or of his brother because it is called Yahweh's release. Of a foreigner, you may exact it again. But that which is yours, which is your brother, you sh in your hand, your brother's hand shall release save when there shall be no poor among you for yahweh shall greatly bless you in the land which yahweh elaheka gives you for an inheritance possess to possess it only if you carefully hearken into the voice of yahweh elaheka to god to do all his commandments which i command you this day for yahweh elaheka blesses you and he promised you and you shall lend unto many nations but you shall not borrow and you shall reign over many nations for they shall not reign over you so yah does not want his people to borrow from nations he does not want them to be in debt we see proverbs 22 7 says the rich rules over the poor and the borrower is servant to the lender psalm 37 21 the wicked borrows and pays not again but the righteous shows mercy and gives so Yah brought us out of the nations. He does not want his people to be enslaved again. They were brought out of Mitzrayim. They were brought out of that land of bondage and slavery and indebted. And they, he doesn't want that to happen again. Um, and so, and we see this happen, this, this release, this, this seven years represent completion. And we see how it is used by Yah. We spoke about it in the others, how seven is shows that completion and it's used many times by Yah. 
This year of release could be prophetic of Yahusha, who will come to release us from this world after 7,000 years, or I believe the day to a thousand year creation model. And after that 7,000 years, it'll be is when New Yerushalayim, the heavens and the earth will be done away with, and New Yerushalayim will be here. And we know that Yahusha will give us his Sabbath rest, as he is the Adonai of the Sabbath. Luke 6, 5, and he said unto them, that the son of Adam is Adonai, also of the Sabbath. So, Deuteronomy, so carrying on, 15 verse. So shall we have to help with our time also, considering how lonely, lonely widowhood male and female can be. Amen, amen. Um, I know my mum lost her husband my father <laughs> several years ago and um at the time it was it was a very difficult period for her you know it's you know obviously it's difficult for all of us but for for that person that's loved that lost one that's been there you know me and Catherine like to kill each other our rib um our support and when you lose that person it's so difficult so we need to make sure that we are there for people obviously we, we no one could ever fill that void but we need to make sure that we're, we're there to support and help people so thank you, Shell. Uh, so verse seven to nine. If there be among you a poor man or a poor man of one of your brethren within any of your gates in your land, which Yahweh gives you, you shall not hearken your heart, harden your heart, nor shut your hand from the poor brother, but you shall open your hand wide unto him and shall surely lend him sufficient for his need in that which he wants. Beware that there be not a Thought in your wicked heart, saying, The seventh year, the year of release is at hand, and your eye be evil against your poor brother, and you give him naught, and he crying to El Yahweh against you, and it be sin unto you. So, this is referring to people that would see the seventh year approaching and they wouldn't want to borrow because they knew that they wouldn't get it back. And Yah says that that's we're not to be like that. We should not have the love of money, we should not love money more than our neighbor. Proverbs 28, 22 says, He that hastens to be rich has an evil eye and considers not that poverty shall come upon him. And 1 Timothy 6, 10 says, For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. So we need to be careful that we do not put this love of money over our neighbor. Um. You shall surely give him, and your heart shall not be grieved when you shall give unto him, because for this thing Yahweh shall bless you in all your works and in all that you put your hand unto. For the poor shall never cease out of the land, therefore I command you, saying, You shall open your hand wide unto your brother, to the poor, to the needy in the land. So we see this compassion and mercy that we should have. We should be acting in the same love and character of Yah. Yahushua tells us in Matthew 5, 42, Give to him that asks of you, and from him that would borrow of you, turn not away. And in Mark, we read in 10, 21, Then Yahushua, beholding him, beholding him, loved him, and said unto him, One thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have, and give to the poor, and you shall have treasure in heaven, and come, take up the cross, and follow me. So we need to make sure that, like I said in that past verse, we... We are not having that love of money over our brethren. And if anybody is lacking and is in need, that we, if we can, we help them. 
verse 12 to 15. And if your brother and ivory man or ivory woman be sold unto you and serve you six years, then in the seventh year you shall let him go free from you. And when you send him away from you, you shall not let him go empty. You shall furnish him liberally out of your flock and out of your floor and out of your winepress of that wherewith Yahweh al has blessed you, you shall give unto him. And you shall remember that you were a bondman in the land of Mitzrayim, and Yahweh al redeemed you, wherefore I command you this, this thing today. So if someone was indebted, then they could become a bondman, they're a slave to, to who they owe money to. But it's different to the slaves that we see today, and they were to be treated like a son. We need to remember that we were slave in Mitzrayim, therefore we should have compassion on them. And it's it's not like slaves that we, we hear about, you know, in the past and today. You know, being a slave or a bondman in this in a, in a biblical sense was like working for them, but being like a son to them, and they were really to have that mercy and compassion on them. It shall come to pass if he's saying to you, I will not go away from you because he loves you in your house, because he is with you, then you shall take an all and thrust it through his ear and to the door and he shall be your servant forever and also unto your maid servant you shall do likewise it shall not seem hard unto you when you send him away free from you for he has been worth a double hired servant to you in serving you six years and Yahweh shall bless you in all that you do so what we should be what they should be doing is aiming to have these servants want to say they should be treating them so well that they actually want to become part be part of them and become of that fam, part of that family and we see this with Abraham and his chief servant Eliezer um who was with him which seemed through his whole life you know when Yards was told him that he would have a son he said I'm not going to have a son which Eliezer he considered would be his seat considered his seed and have his inheritance um we also see Yaakov work seven years for each of the daughters of Laban however his it appears that his treatment of Jacob was different and he exploited him from his own game. That's where we see the contrast and how it shouldn't be. He should be treated like a son or a daughter and they should really be wanting to stay on in that family. Um, and if not, then that you should give them, let them go with more than they had. We're just really seeing Yah's compassion. It is because we were servants and we were slaves and Yah just has that compassion for us. So verse 19 and 20, and we're going to touch on something I mentioned last week here as well. So all the firstling males that come into your herd and of your flock, you shall sanctify unto Yahweh Haka, and you shall do no work with the firstling of your bullock, nor shear the firstling of your sheep. You shall eat it before Yahweh Haka year by year in the place which Yahweh Haka shall choose you and your household. So I mentioned last week about the, um, the firstborns being to Yahweh. And I actually came across this scripture. I think it was the day after we had done the show. So um, we see this here in Numbers 3, 12 and 13. Behold, and I, behold, have taken the Levine from among the children of Yasharel instead of all the firstborn that opened the womb among the children of Yasharel. Therefore, the Levine shall be mine because all the firstborn are mine. For on the day that I smote all the firstborn in the land of Mitzrayim, I hollowed unto me all the firstborn of Yashorel, both man and beast. Mine shall they be. I am Yahweh. So we see here in verse 12, it says, I have taken the first, I have taken Lev, uh, Levi's instead of the firstborn that opens the world, so, womb. So here in this verse 12, it would appear that it was his intention 
to have the firstborn to him. Um, so yeah, possible this could support what we were talking about last week. And if there be any blemish therein, as if it be lame or blind or any ill blemish, you shall not sanctify it unto Yahweh. You shall eat it within your gates. The unclean and the clean person shall eat it alike, as the roebuck and as the deer. Only you shall not eat the blood thereof. You shall pour it upon the ground as water. So we just keep seeing this repeated here about the clean and unclean people being allowed to eat. But also we see this repeated about the um, not having the blood. And also there is to be no blemish in this. Uh, Yah will not ac accept these sacrifices that have defects. We see this in Malachi 1, 7 and 8. You offer polluted bread upon my altar and you say, wherein have you pol we polluted you? In that you say, the table of Yahweh is contempt contemptible. And if you offer the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? And if you offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer it now unto your governor. Will he be pleased with you or accept your person, says Yahweh 7, 8. So we see there that they would bring these these sacrifices that weren't worthy of a person to have, but they believe that men could have it, and that they wouldn't give these unacceptable sacrifices to men. They'd give them to Yah, and it should be the other way around. We should be giving the best to Yah and not to man. And uh, this ill blemish is prophetic of Yahusha, who was without blemish. 2 Corinthians 5.21, for he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of Elohim in him. And Hebrews 7.26, for such a high priest becomes us who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens. And we just see that this picture of these unblemished sacrifices is a picture of Yahusha. And out is deaf, he had no bones broken. So in, in John 19, 32 to 35, we read, Then came the soldiers and broke the legs of the first and of the other, which was crucified with him. But when they came to Yahushua and saw that he was dead already, they broke not his legs. But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side, and forthwith came there out blood and water. And he saw that it bore record, and his record is true, and he knows that he what he, that he says true, that you might believe. For these things were done that the scriptures might be fulfilled. A bone of him shall not be broken. So again, we see that he really was, even in death, he didn't have any bones broken and he was unblemished. So are we on the last uh, chapter now, the last few verses, and it's talking now about these uh, the feasts. So chapter 16, guard the month of Aviv. And keep the Pesach unto Yahweh for in the month of Aviv, Yahweh brought you forth out of Mitzrayim by night. You shall therefore sacrifice the Pesach unto Yahweh of the flocks of the herd in the place which Yahweh shall choose to place his name thereof. And you shall eat no shamots with it. Seven days you shall eat matzahs therewith, even the bread of affliction, for you came forth out of the land of Mitzrayim in haste, that you may remember the day which you came forth out of the land of Mitzrayim all the days of your life. So in this, I find it interesting that we see the word God used for the month of Aviv, God the month of Aviv. And what I think is it might be referring to is that this is to be the first month of the year. Uh, Aviv, the month of the Pesach, is to be the first month of the year. However, we see how the ancient Babylonian calendar has been adopted by some and how the seventh month is treated as the beginning or the head of the year. Uh, by some and it, it needs to be careful i know that um 
they like to say that the seventh month is the beginning of the year and and it's not you know the beginning of our year our year starts with the month of aviv and we need to be careful with that so that's why i believe that why this is why the word uh, god is used And there shall be no shemot seen with you in all your coasts seven days. Neither shall there be anything of the flesh which you sacrifice the first day evening. Remain all night until the morning. You may not sacrifice the Pesach within your gate which Yahweh gives you. But at the place which Yahweh shall choose to place his name in. You shall, you shall sacrifice the Pesach at evening at the going down of the sun. At the season that you came forth out of Mitzrayim you shall roast and eat it in the place which Yahweh shall choose and you shall turn in the morning and go into your tent six days you shall eat matzah and on the seventh day shall be a solemn assembly to Yahweh and you shall do no work therein and as I said we'll go through these uh, in more detail closer to the feast times so verse 9 to 12 seven days uh, seven weeks shall you number unto you begin to number the seven weeks from such time as you begin to put the sickle to the grain, and you shall keep the feast of Shavuot unto Yahweh with a tribute of a freewill offering of your hand, which you shall give Yahweh according as Yahweh has blessed you. And you shall rejoice before Yahweh you and your son and your daughters and your maids, manservant and your maidservant and the Levi that is within your gate and the stranger and the fatherless and the widow that are among you in the place which Yahweh has chosen to place his name there. And you shall remember that you were a bondman in Mitzrayim, and you shall guard and do these statutes. And you shall keep the feast of Sukkot seven days. After that, you have after that you have gathered in your threshing floor and your wine, and you shall rejoice in the, your feast. And your son and your daughter and your manservant and your maidservant and the Levi, the stranger and the fatherless and the widow that are within your gates. Seven days shall you keep the solemn feast unto Yahweh in the place which Yahweh shall choose, because Yahweh shall bless you in all your increase and in all the works of your hands. Therefore you shall surely rejoice. Three times in a year shall all your males appear before Yahweh in the place which he shall choose in the feast of Matzah, the feast of Shavuot, and the feast of Sukkot. And they shall not appear empty before Yahweh empty, Every man shall give as he is able, according to the blessing of Yahweh, which he has given you. So we see three times a year we are to appear before Yahweh, where he has set his name to offer what Yahweh has blessed the people with. These are to be in remembrance of when the Yah delivered the people out of Mitzrayim. We see Matzah was when uh, Passover, Pesach was when they left. Shavuot was when they were given the law at Mount Sinai, and Sukkot is to remember how they dwelt in the wilderness. All are prophetic of Yahusha. We see a sacrifice in life with no sin, the pouring out of his spirit or the ruach, and when he will, we will tabernacle with him. So we see Yahusha in all of these feasts. We see that these all represented with Balaam and his donkey, as you spoke about when we went through Numbers 22, 22 to 28. We had the field, which was Sukkot, the vineyard, which was Matzah, and that narrow path, which was Shavuot. So we can see these all pictured and the importance. Oh, no, thank you, Rin Tim, Tim for joining us. Um, no, I thank you. It is a blessing. I know me and Catherine really enjoy um, 
doing our show on a, on the Sabbath on as as we begin the Sabbath, and I really do love spending my day uh, going through the Torah with all of you. So I thank you for joining us. So in verse sixteen, we're told that we are not to appear before Yahweh empty, and the word for empty is recham, and we see emptily, ineffectively, undeservingly, without cause, in vain. So we must ensure that we are coming to Yah offering praises and partaking in these feasts, having removed any leaven and wickedness from our hearts to ensure that we are not undeserving or unworthy of him. It brings to mind 1 Corinthians 11, 27 to 29. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of Yahweh unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of Yahweh. But let a man examine himself and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eats and drinks unworthily eats and drinks damnation to himself, not discerning Adonai's body. And when I when I looked at this word and seen this being uh, undeserving, it really brought to mind this um, this verse. And this is a verse that me and my family read out when we were doing our Pesach. We are to rejoice at these times and have a feast. Yah wants us to remember what he has done and be happy. He also wants us to practice, rehearse and prepare for what is to come. Colossians 2, 16 and 17 says, Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of a feast day or a new moon or of the Sabbaths, which are a shadow of things to come for the body of Mashiach. And what I believe that means is just don't let anybody judge you and don't let them put you off. It's not saying... You sh it doesn't matter what feast you keep. Or it doesn't matter when you do these things or what meat you eat, if you eat unclean or clean. What I believe it's saying is don't let anybody judge you and, and, and put you, turn you away from these things. Oh, no, Jen, I thank you for joining us. Thank you for your fellowship, sister and brothers in Yah. I thank Yahweh for all you have come into my life. Prayer answered. Oh, no, thank you, though. Me and, me and Catherine, I know we both feel the same. It's such a blessing, this, uh, this network that's been being built this community that's being built and the fellowship it's um it truly is wonderful so i thank you all uh, so we are to remember that yah gave us all we have and we should be willing to offer anything for yah with a pleasing heart proverbs 22 9 he that has a bountiful eye shall be blessed for he gives of his bread to the poor and psalm 84 11 for yahweh is a sun and shield yahweh will give grace and glory no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly oh yahweh sever oath blessed is the man that trusts in you amen oh no thank you for joining us spending it with us it really is um it's such a blessing i thank you all and uh just the last two slides i believe are on now so second corinthians 9 6 onwards it says, but this I say, he which sows sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which sows bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for Elohim loves a cheerful giver. And Elohim is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you, always having all sufficiently in all things, may abound to every good work. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness remains forever. 
Now he that ministers seed to the sower both ministers bread for your food and multiply your, your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness, being enriched in everything to a bountifulness which causes through us thanksgiving to Elohim. So we really must be really willing to give to people. And we're seeing that in, in these scriptures, how we should be caring for those people and giving to those people. So in this portion then, we are told the importance of being set apart from the nations. We are told who we are to worship, how we are to worship, when we are to worship, and where we are to worship. Those are four things which really are spoken of a lot in this, how important it is to be set apart in these aspects. We're not to worship as the other nations do, who the other nations do, where the other nations do, or how the other nations do. It really is important. Also, we're told about things and how we are to keep ourselves clean and undefiled. And through those, our blessings and curses according to the path which we choose. So I'm just going to end with Romans 12.1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of Elohim, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto Elohim, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of Elohim. So I thank you. Have you got anything to add, Robert? Before I, I do this? not. I do not. That was awesome. That was great. I know. Thank you very much for joining. Thank you very much, Kat. Shabbat shalom, everybody. It's... Um, it, as always, it's a true blessing to be here with you. I thank you all for sticking it out with us. <laughs> and it was very, so much in uh, Deuteronomy that we're going through now. And um, I thank you all for it. So where's before, the applause? Oh, oh, yeah, where's the applause, Shell? <laughs> <laughs> Just do it all the Every time we finish a tour, of course, you know, we'll have the... There it is. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I'll see what Catherine thinks as well. See if she likes it. That's uh, funny. Yeah. No, so I thank you all for joining me. And this this really is such a blessing to have this fellowship, to to have um just all you join us. Um I just I just really just love it. And um, you know, me and Robert did go a bit off track for some of this. That's why oh. it probably is a bit longer, but oh, oh good. Yeah, oh, so you did. the one responsible for the applause. Oh, thank God. I thought it was Shell. Oh, thank you very much, Catherine. <laughs> no, thank you. No, it, it really is. Um, it is wonderful. Yeah, I'll just see if I've got anything. So anybody who is new with us today, um, anybody that, you know, is, has only just first come across Heart of the Tribe and, and Blow the Lamb in Between the River and the Ravens, please make sure you check out our Telegram group um, and join it if you're not already a member. Uh, it's really is a great place to have fellowship um there's many different groups we have news groups we have tour groups we have a men's only group and we have a group with everybody in so really is great um anybody um who um who would like to i'm sure we'll have links somewhere or uh, we can go into the you can go into our facebook groups for our youtube channels to to uh to reach them uh Amen, brother. Amen. Glory to be to Yahweh. All the glory to Yahweh. So anybody who'd like to join, please just join those groups. Um, subscribe to the channels. There is so much fellowship on there, and it really is such a great 
community has been built up now so please join um and with that uh tomorrow morning uh, robert will be on on heart of the tribe at 9 30 a.m with his mercy poured forth so please make sure you check that out tomorrow morning that'll be 2 30 for anybody in the uk um robert always brings a great word so please make sure you check that out there'll be no uh half tour tomorrow instead james will be joining shell wagner i believe on wednesday and they'll be combining the better and the half tour so make sure you check that out and um and just keep an eye out for all the shows that we have coming in the next week so if anybody's got a show for us that you grab it for our show for blast before we end now robert is there anything you'd like to say shabbat shalom shabbat shalom so praise you all we thank you all for joining us um I'll just do a quick prayer before we end, and then we'll just... Uh, so, everybody get your shofars ready. We'll have a prayer, and then we'll shofar blast. So, our Father, Abba Yahweh, Father, we, we come to you in Yahushua's name. We just praise you, and we glorify you always. We come to you in meekness and humbleness, Father, exalting you above all things in our life. Father, we thank you for this Sabbath day. We thank you for this opportunity, this platform to be able to fellowship and just spread your word and just to speak with people from all over the world father we thank you father we just pray for healing for everybody whether it be physical whether it be mental or spiritual we ask for that healing father for people that may be alone we ask that you give them that comfort give them that inner shalom that covenant of shalom that only you can give father father we ask for that we ask that you be with all your children the fatherless the widow father the the stranger that is alone, we ask that you be with all of them, Father, just being by their side, holding their hand and being that rock for them. Father, I thank you for every opportunity to be able to just read your word. I thank you for the blessings you've given all of us, Father, and I just ask that you help us walk in the Ruach daily. Just give us that strength to pick up that cross, to crucify the flesh and walk in your word. And Father, I just ask that you bless all of your children listening all your children around the world. Just guide us, protect us from this wicked world and bless us. And I ask this in Yahushua's name. Amen. So thank you, everybody. Thank you very much, everybody, for joining us. As always, it is such a blessing. It's such a blessing to be here. I look forward to seeing you for the rest of the week. Please make sure you check out Heart of the Tribe, Brother the Lamb, Between the River and the Ravens for all the shows coming forward. And just have a wonderful day. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat shalom! <laughs>